The centre at Great Brickhill is home to around 100 horses. It destroyed the roof of the farmhouse and caused extensive smoke and water damage inside. Jeff Bottle is from Bucks Fire and Rescue Service. We've got now 10 appliances here. Quite a lot of those have come from the immediate area of Milton Keynes, but we've got command unit from Aylesbury, a hose lane lorry from down in Stoke and Church in South Bucks. So yes, it's drawn the resources from the whole of the county. And it looks like you're going to be here way into... Uh... And indeed, they have just finished, as we're hearing. In other news, some people living in Turvey say new signs just outside the village which welcome drivers to Milton Keynes are misleading. The signs on the A428, which mark the Milton Keynes borough boundary, are 13 miles away from the new city. Robert Chapman lives there. I think they're too modern. They're not in keeping with with the area. I suppose Milton Keynes must be, what, 12 miles away, 10, 12 miles away um, for people coming to Milton Keynes. And it's, it's not Milton Keynes, really. A group of MPs and peers has suggested three senior bankers involved in the downfall of HBOS should never work in the financial services sector again. The Parliamentary Commission on Banking Standards has accused the former chairman and two former chief executives of incompetence. Official figures show that forecourt sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. The AA, which has highlighted the figures, put the fall down to a greater take-up of smaller vehicles and diesel cars. And scientists in Japan have done it again. They found a way to read dreams. Researchers used MRI scans to note different patterns of brain activity as people slept. They were able to work out what they were seeing and were accurate 60% of the time. So let's turn to the sport. And Gareth Bale left the pitch on a stretcher after going over on his ankle in Tottenham's 2-0 draw with FC Basel in the first leg of their Europa League quarter-final last night. Weather, and we're going to see more of those wintry showers across many areas. Some bright sunny spells developing though this afternoon. Temperatures of 8 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Good morning, dear listener. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm a bit tired this morning. I know <laughs> the breakfast host should come on and go, Whoa, yeah, hey, Hong Kong of my horn. I, for some reason, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling nearly 40 today. I, I, I don't know why I had quite an early night, got the kids to bed. Uh, but, uh, I should be feeling fine and dandy. It's the weekend, that's why. Maybe I'm a little bit anxious. I shouldn't necessarily share this with you, though. I, I'm going to. Otherwise, it'll just come out in the Daily Mail. Something very big and important today. I've got my speed awareness course today. I know, I was naughty. I got caught speeding in Luton. And rightfully so, I am being punished. Very, very naughty. I've got no points on my licence, so I'm off for my speed awareness. I've got no idea what to expect. If you've been on one of these speed awareness courses, can you give me a call? And I'm a little bit nervous. 08459 455 555. Other things coming up on the show this morning include... Imagine if you went to hospital to be treated for one thing, only to receive a three-inch deep wound to your lower back. It's an incredible story, and it's what happened to one man from Shefford. We'll hear his story next. Have you seen the new signs which say, Welcome to Milton Keynes? Well... Some of them have been placed 13 miles from the city centre. I'll be speaking to one gentleman uh, about finding out why he's so annoyed about it. And it's Friday. That can mean only one thing. I have a catch-up with my nanny Eileen. She's going to be reviewing this week's BBC Introducing Track. 
you want to get in touch, you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR or you can give me a call 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm a little bit nervous about this speed awareness course. What, what, what do they make you do? Can you fail it? Is, it, is there like a quiz at the end? And, and you fa- It's going to be like going back to school. It's this afternoon, half past 12, and I'm a little bit anxious about it. I, I, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to end up sitting with someone naughty and we're just going to mess around and get thrown out or sent to prison. If you've done a speed awareness course, what's it going to be like? 08459 455 555. Oh, this next story is absolutely incredible. A man is still seeking answers three years on after receiving a three-inch deep wound in his lower back at Bedford Hospital. The hospital acknowledged it happened in A&E after Keith Thompson from Shefford was admitted for complications to his epilepsy. He's since suffered from depression and the agony of not knowing what happened to him. Well, our reporter, Tony Fisher, has been speaking to Keith and his wife, Pam. He has epilepsy and after so many seizures, I have to call an ambulance um, so they can control it, really. But once he's like that, he's just sleeping. So, but they can monitor him while he's in there. Mm-hmm. And he gets taken into A&E. I got a phone call on the Saturday morning to say they were taking him down to theatre. And I said, why is he going down to theatre? And they said, we found a large hole. We don't know why, what or what's caused it. A large hole? A large hole. Yeah. Where? Well, what they said was internal. And I thought, how do you know there's an internal hole? So anyway, what they actually said to me, oh, it could be a life or death situation. Oh, yeah. And I thought, what? So immediately I phoned his sister. He'd only gone in to monitor his seizures. Yes, yeah. Um, it wasn't till the Sunday night. Keith was on the ward and we found, I don't know if she was a matron or what, um, we said, well, what's actually happened? And she said, well, he's actually received a 10-centimetre wound to the kind of at the bottom of his spine, at the top mm. of his buttock. And it wasn't a scratch that went that way. It wasn't. It went inwards. So 10, ten centimetres inside him. In when, yeah, 10 centimetres. Which well, like think, as if someone had plunged a knife yeah, into him. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's about, it's about three and a half inches, yeah. I think. So it must have been a sharp object. Oh, yeah, yes. Basically, we got told all conflicting stories. And you were told that he was w- w- wandering down the wall corridor with a blood dripping behind one, him? One nurse said that one minute he was OK... The next minute they turned around and the bed was full of blood. Another one said they saw him walking down the corridor with a trail of blood. And another one said he climbed over the cot rails and impaled himself on a drip stand. And we also and Keith, you don't you don't know what you no, did. You no, you can't no, remember. I've got no idea. Just totally blank. I think that's what dragged him down a lot, the fact of not knowing what somebody did to you. The police, obviously, they investigated, but there's not, oh, no cameras in A&E, only on the doorways. And so what is what has the effect been, Keith, on you oh. since this, 2009? Well, to start with, that 
totally dragged him down, as you can imagine. I mean, it's the not knowing what happened to you, the pain. I mean, he's in a lot of pain. And also, what I can't understand is that the fact that they even had uh, a letter from the matron who signed it, that I don't seem to have taken that into consideration. And that letter basically acknowledged that you had received this wound in the yeah, NE. and that I didn't have the wound when I was admitted to the hospital. Why would she sign it to say that I didn't have a wound and I'm not taking that in seriously? Well, it really is the most incredible story, isn't it? Well, in a statement, Bedford, Ho- Bedford Hospital apologises for the distress caused. It says a thorough investigation, also involving the police, proved inconclusive. As a result, the Trust does not consider it can do anything more, and the matter, for them at least, is now closed.
So yes, I have been caught speeding. I'm, I'm ha- happy to put my hand up. I was caught and I'm being punished. Good. It's the way it should be. Momentary lapse of concentration resulted in me breaking the law and rightfully so I'm being punished. Going to a speed awareness today. I'm a little bit nervous. It, is it going to be like going back to school? If you've been to one, 08459 455 555. John has texted in. 81333, starting his text, 3CR. It's the most boring, dragging thing in the world. I'd take my pillow if I was you. Oh, dear. I'm very tired this morning. Anyway, I can't fall asleep in my speed awareness. I'm very nervous uh, about it. it, I'm I'm just worried I'm going to resort to, revert, sorry, to being the naughty 15-year-old schoolboy again and get thrown out and sent to prison. Does anyone go on these speed... Let's be honest. If you've ever been on a speed awareness course, it's because you don't want points on your licence, isn't it? I- isn't it, really? You're not going because you're, you're keen and eager to make yourself a better person and a better driver. You're going because you don't want to get the three points on your licence and you don't want your premium to go up. That's what, we, that's what we're all doing it for, isn't it, really? There's no one there. Oh, I've been naughty. I need to learn how to drive properly. Just sign me up for that. It's because you don't want three points. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Oh, look at this. It's 6.15. Time to get the latest travel news now. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 in Milton Keynes has just reopened after an earlier accident, which means the road was, which meant the road was closed between Portway and Redmore Roundabout. That shouldn't be causing any more problems for drivers. The roadworks are continuing on the M25 that has narrow lanes and a speed restriction of 50 miles an hour between Junction 23 at South Mims to 25 for Enfield. And if you're driving in High Wycombe, New Road has temporary lights up around the electricity work between Fernie Fields and Squirrel Lane. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Brooke. Right, 6.15, it's Friday. The 5th of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man still wants answers three years after he discovered a three-inch deep wound in his lower back at Bedford Hospital. Some people living in Turvey say new signs just outside the village which welcome drivers to Milton Keynes are misleading. And in sport, Gareth Bale left the pitch on a stretcher in Tottenham's two-all draw with FC Basel in the Europa League last night. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Wintry showers across many areas. Some bright or sunny intervals developing, although the cold breeze will continue. Maximum temperature is 8 degrees. Coming up, signs saying welcome to Milton Keynes have been placed in the surrounding villages as far away as 13 miles from the city centre. Well, one local resident is furious. We'll hear why before 6.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weekends on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Sunday morning from six, Helen Lee. The show is all about bringing people together, whatever their beliefs. I think decent people all share a common purpose, to lead happy and fulfilled and meaningful lives. Helen Lee. I'm nosy and I get to ask people I don't know lots of questions without them thinking I'm odd. Every Sunday morning from six. Sunday mornings, always about playtime. It's true local radio and I love this place. Helen Lee. Every Sunday morning from six. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I was debating whether to tell you all that I've got caught speeding and I'm going on a speed awareness. I thought, well, I I better have because it will come out at some point and then I'll fingers pointing at me. So, honesty. Speed awareness course today. I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Alan's from Bletchley. Morning, Alan. Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, I'm I'm anxious about today. Have you been on one of these speed awareness? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to worry about, right, at all. Really? 
No, you're just sitting there. You'll listen to what they've got to say. They'll show you a few videos. Um, You'll sit at the end of it. You'll see a little test. You can't fail it. It's uh, just a little test where you'll see uh, pictures as if you're sat in the car on the computer. You'll click a mouse when you're aware of any dangers around you. That's about it, mate, to be honest. Okay. And so I don't need to take a pen or paper or anything? No, no, no. They'll sort out if you need it. There's nothing major. (laughs) How fast were you doing, Alan, when you, you had to go? Um... I think I was doing about 36 or something in a 30 mile. I was doing 36 in a 30. <laughs> what you? is it with those guys? What's wrong with 36? <laughs> it's naughty and it's against the law. So you uh, And you went, Alan, didn't you? Because you didn't yeah. want to get points on your licence. That's right, yeah. It wasn't to make yourself a better human being. No, not at all. <laughs> Alan, I appreciate your honesty. Thank you very much. No one goes because they want to think, you know... I want to improve myself spiritually. It's because you don't want to pay a higher premium. That's what we're doing it for. I'm worried, though. There is a little test on a computer. What if I fail it? What are they going to do to me? Uh, Wait, 459 455 555. New scenes, new signs saying, Welcome to Milton Keynes. 13 miles from Milton Keynes. We'll talk more about it after this. She makes me laugh. She makes me cry. Isn't it, honey bus? Can't let Maggie go. I've heard that for ages. Now, if you've got a story you think we should be talking about, we want to hear from you. Well, that's exactly what's happened this morning. Norman Kitchener from Lavenden has been in touch. He says, signs saying, Welcome to Milton Keynes have been placed as far away as 13 miles from the city centre near Turvey in Bedfordshire. He says it's a waste of money to have signs in the surrounding villages. Well, Norman joins me now. Morning, Norman. Morning, Ian. Norman, tell me what's wrong with these signs. Well, they're a waste of money. Well, the road between Northampton and Bedford is a disgrace. And when I was coming home the other week, I got to the boundary at Northampton. It says, Welcome to Milton Keynes. 
Then I'll drive through to Turvey, through Lavenden to Turvey. The road again is a disgrace, takes ages to get things done. And I get to Turvey and it says, thank you for visiting Milton Keynes. And when you come back, the same. What a total waste of money. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. When you saw, and it's miles from Milton Keynes, the, from the city centre. 12, 13 miles away. When you saw these signs, what, what, do you think they've been put there by mistake? What was your reaction? Well, I'll just wonder what numpty on the council sort of um, allowed this to happen when we were trying to save money and need money to spend money on the roads. Now, you, I'm, I'm guessing from what you're saying that you would rather that, that the money that had been spent on these signs had been spent on something like fixing potholes or making the roads a bit better. Oh, quite. Oh, yeah, it, it does. The roads are a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Do we, have any, do we know how much these signs cost, Norman? I would have thought off the top of my head between three and five hundred pounds each, and it's four in a stretch of about, I don't know, five miles. Do you know what I reckon? It, I, again, I don't know. I'm just guesstimating. I, I reckon it could be a bit more. You've got to yeah. build them, got to fit them. And uh, is, I'm going to ask you a question, Norman. Is it a case that just you and people in Turvey don't want to associate yourself with Milton Keynes? Not at all. Not at all. I pay my rates to Milton Keynes, but I want the money spent in better ways. I mean, where I live, I need, we need some trees topping down. When we rung up the council and asked this to be done, they hadn't got the money to do it. No money available. But there's money available to put up needless signs. Norman, later on in the show, we're going to speak to Milton Keynes Council, and they're probably going to argue that the signs aren't in the wrong place. They welcome people to uh, the borough of Milton Keynes. What, what would you say to them, Norman? And we'll play it to them when they come on. Well, I can't see why you need welcome into the borough of Milton Keynes. We're all in Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes is a, is a, well, it's not a city yet, but it hopefully will be at some stage. But Milton Keynes from us is 12, 13 miles away. Everybody knows where Milton Keynes is. It's been there long enough. Norman, I really appreciate you getting in touch with us yesterday. Thank you very much. Norman Kitchener, who got in touch with us at BBC Three Counties Radio to point this out. By the way, I got flack. The, I mean, he mentioned the city thing there. I got, I got flack, I think, on, on Facebook for calling Milton Keynes the new city. It's not a city. Why do you call it the new city? Well, I know it's not a city, but it, it is. people call it the new city, don't they? That's the weird thing. So I, I do understand your confusion, and I apologise for that. Well, Norman, thank you very much. We wanted to find out exactly what the signs are like and where they are. So we sent our top reporter, Jessica Cooper, to have a look at them. Turvey is a typical Bedfordshire village. It's got a pub, shops, and it's surrounded by green fields. Now, just outside the village, signs have gone up saying, Welcome to Milton Keynes. The next village, Cole Brayfield, does actually fall in the borough of Milton Keynes, but the town centre and where the shops are is still miles away. What do you think of the new signs? Um, well, they look really posh, but I mean, I can't understand why it's here when we're so far from Milton Keynes itself. Mm. As, we, as we're coming into Turvey, um, it seems weird that the sign's there. And you've just driven from well, Northampton to Turvey. I've actually come from Northampton and not from Milton Keynes, but it said thanks for visiting Milton Keynes, which is a bit strange. So for people that don't know the area then and, and don't know if they're in Milton Keynes or not, what do you think about those signs? It was a bit misleading, isn't it, really? As if we've all just come from Milton Keynes when we haven't really, have we? Mm. <laughs> a lot of us. I mean, it's just strange to see the sign there. Such a big sign as well, which must have cost quite a bit of money. I think they're too modern. They're not in keeping with, with the area. Um, it, it doesn't bother me what, what, what they say, really, but uh, technically, for me, that, that sign should say Buckinghamshire. 
and not Milton Keynes. And for people coming to the area who maybe don't know it very well and they drive through that, do you think that it, it seems yeah, like no, they've arrived would, in that, Milton Keynes? That would, be, that would be confusing, really. I suppose Milton Keynes must be, what, 12 miles away, 10, 12 miles away um, for people coming to Milton Keynes. And it's, it's not Milton Keynes, really. Do we need to clutter up the countryside with more signs? Where if people know where Milton Keynes is, it's irrelevant, really. They're so far away from Milton Keynes. You might as well be saying welcome to Northampton or Birmingham. or So, no, I don't see any point in having them. I suppose um, the person who put them up might argue that actually it's publicising that um, you're in Milton Keynes Borough and you're, you're getting it towards the direction mm-hmm. of Milton Keynes. Do you, do you kind of see that point? No, why don't they say welcome to the Borough of Milton Keynes or you are X number of miles from Milton Keynes? I'm just getting in the car. I'm going to drive from Turvey, from the new signs, which say welcome to Milton Keynes. And I'm going to drive to what I call Milton Keynes, which is where the shops are, to see how long it takes. So 20 minutes and 13 and a half miles after I passed those welcome to Milton Keynes signs just outside of Turvey, I have arrived in central Milton Keynes at the shopping centre. And on the way here, incidentally, I passed another sign which said Milton Keynes, Borough and New City. But that came 10 miles after Turvey. So it seems when you pass the new signs outside of Turvey saying welcome to Milton Keynes, you're actually being welcomed to the borough of Milton Keynes. And you definitely aren't that close to Milton Keynes itself. Well, that's uh, our reporter, Jessica Cooper. What do you think? Do you think the signs are misleading? You can go to the Facebook page and have a look. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Gina's been there already. You, you are keen, Gina? I saw one last night just outside Bedford. I had to look twice. Really? Do we need money wasted on these so many miles out of Milton Keynes? And some of you have been tweeting at BBC 3CR. Michael Horn says, uh, perhaps adding a simple city centre 13 miles would solve the problem. Look, there's even a space for it. There is. There's a weird sort of little bonus sign underneath that's blank. What's that for? Chris Knox says, it's the MK version of an invasion. It will merge all towns and villages and make them all modern. Adam says, no more misleading than the arrivals at Luton Airport, which say, welcome to London. Yeah, you would be disappointed, wouldn't you, if you're a Japanese tourist and you arrived at London Luton. Well, how do I get to, to London? You were miles away, mate. Can I, how much in a cab? It's going to cost you a few quid. We're nowhere near London. And Andrew Collins says, no surprise, a few years ago they wanted Milton Keynes to be part of the name of Luton Airport. Have a look at these signs, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. What do you think? Are they misleading? We'll be speaking to someone from Milton Keynes Council a little bit later on in the show to get what uh, get their opinion on it. Right, eight, at 6.20, I can't speak today. I might go home early. Here's the travel news with Brooke. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Traffic is coping well across the three counties. Light traffic on my cameras on the motorways, the M25, M40, both flowing freely. There are roadworks that might cause delays late, including in Wealdstone High Road, has gas main works at the junction for Rising Home Road. Also over in St Albans, Folly Lane, that has works on the water mains near the junction for Westview Road. No problems reported on the trains, not too bad at all. Brooke Burford, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. We're talking speed awareness. And we're talking these Milton Keynes signs that are 13 miles away from the city centre. 08459 455 555. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. With the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow. A man still wants answers three years after he discovered a three-inch deep wound in his lower back at Bedford Hospital. Elsewhere, around 40 firefighters were called to an equestrian centre near Milton Keynes last night. It destroyed the roof of the farmhouse and caused extensive smoke and water damage inside. Some people living in Turvey said new signs just outside the village which welcome drivers to Milton Keynes are misleading. And official figures showed that forecourt sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. We'll have more from our reporter Justin Dealey in the next half an hour on that. That's the news. Let's move on to the sport now. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. So Tottenham came from two goals down to secure a two-all draw against FC Basel in the first leg of their Europa League quarter-final last night. Emmanuel Adebayor and Sigurdsson scored to put Spurs back in the tie, but the draw did come at a cost. Gareth Bale is, as I speak, being loaded onto a stretcher and about to leave the field. They've already lost Aaron Lennon and William Gallas to injuries tonight and Gareth Bale, this could have a huge impact on Tottenham's close to the season. Meanwhile, the other sides who are in action, Chelsea, they've put themselves in a good position to reach the last four in the Europa League. That's after they beat Ruben Kazan 3-1. Newcastle, though, are facing elimination after they lost 3-1 at Benfica. Moving away from football, and today is day two of the Grand National Festival at Aintree. The racing yesterday was overshadowed by the death of the horse Battlefront, who died after being pulled up by jockey Katie Walsh during the Fox Hunters chase. And Great Britain's men's tennis players are in Davis Cup action against Russia in Coventry later on today. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Another thing about those signs, it's all in lowercase. When did we stop using capital letters for names of things? No, for goodness sakes, how hard is it to press the shift key? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up between now and seven o'clock, North Korea has threatened military action against the United States, resulting in a significant increase in tension between the two countries. We'll be finding out the latest on that situation. And four-court sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. Well, has the high cost of petrol forced you onto public transport? I drive a lot less than I used to. I mean, I drive to and from work because I have to, but... Otherwise, I get the bus. Reporter Justin Dealey has been finding out about this. Have you been using less petrol because of the increase in prices? 08459 455 555. Here's Adele. That you settled down, that you found a girl in your. Married now I heard that your dreams came true Guess she gave you things I didn't give to you Old friend, why are you so shy? Ain't like you to hold back or hide from the light Hate to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me it isn't over. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but. 
Wisconsin's day. Surprise of our glory days. I hate to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me it isn't over. Never. And mistakes, their memories made. Who would have known how bittersweet this would taste? Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. North Korea has threatened military action against the United States, resulting in a significant increase in tension between the two countries. North Korea said it had given its army final approval to launch what it called merciless strikes, possibly with nuclear weapons. But do they have the capability to launch nuclear weapons? Paul Rogers is Professor of Peace Studies at Bradford University. Morning, Professor. Good morning, Ian. How likely is it that North Korea could launch a nuclear strike? It's very unlikely. Um, the North Koreans do not appear to have got that far in terms of trying to miniaturise uh, nuclear systems to the point where they get them on the what's called the front end of a missile. Uh, the United States is not uh, of the view, and this, uh, far as one can tell, concerns all the intelligence agencies, it's not of the view that North Korea has got that far, and it could be some years away. But that doesn't mean that the rhetoric isn't very dangerous, and I think the overnight statement, another statement by the UN Secretary-General, 
Ban Ki-moon is spot on. He says this is the kind of circumstance where things can get out of hand. We're not facing a nuclear war at present, but we're certainly facing the risk of a crisis to what could be a very dangerous conflict. So if not nuclear, what, what, what weapon capability do they have? Most of their weapons are basically relatively short range. They do have a wide range of sort of battlefield missiles. They have very large numbers of tanks and mobile artillery. Uh, I have to say the South Koreans are incredibly well armed themselves with much more modern weapons. Uh, but one of the problems for the South Koreans is that their capital city is really quite close to the North Korean border. So is a major port in Chon. So if there was any kind of conflict, the civilian casualties could be very high. As far as longer range um, action by the North Koreans, it's not clear what uh, how successful their missiles would be. They've had many false alarms and, and accidents in launches, things just going wrong. But they probably do have a capability to launch some conventionally armed missiles at Japan, South Korea, and quite possibly, just possibly, even as far as Guam, which is a big American base a couple of thousand miles away. Uh, so to put everybody's mind here at uh, rest in beds, hearts and bucks, there's no way they could hit us, is there? No, there isn't. Absolutely okay. not. It's okay. quite an extraordinary statement by Mr Cameron the other day suggesting they could. They're nowhere near that. OK. I I is it just posturing, Professor? It's partly posturing. Um, it, you've got a new leader, a young leader, a, a lot of quite key people behind him. We want to project him as somebody of considerable power. But the extraordinary thing is that while this rhetoric is directed mainly at South Korea and particularly the United States, the real target is actually China. The re re reason for this, I just say, is that the Chinese are not supporting the North Koreans in the way that they did. Uh, they've backed the recent UN Security Council sanctions resolution, and the North Koreans are really trying to, or it's kind of almost, almost in-your-face response to the Chinese saying, you know, we are more important than you better realise. Now, isn't that interesting? Because I always um, uh, thought that the, the reason America would never launch a strike or, or against North Korea is because China would become involved on the side of the Koreans. Are you saying that that relationship has is falling apart between North Korea and China? Uh, the relationship is much more difficult. The, the Chinese are frankly getting exasperated by the behaviour of the North Korean regime and I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But at the same time, the United States is not in the business of going to attack North Korea unless there was a major uh, preemptive attack by North Koreans against the South. It's not something the US is going to start. But one of the reasons the Chinese have backed the North Koreans in the past is they do not want the regime to collapse, partly because they don't want the Koreas reunified with potentially Western troops right on their border, but partly because if there was a collapse, they could have hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of destitute North Koreans trying to get into China across the Yalu River. So the Chinese really want to have a, a situation in which North Korea is stable and slowly changes for the better and slowly opens up. How, how worried should South Korea be? Well, the South Koreans are obviously concerned, but they've had these kinds of crises before. Uh, and they are very well protected themselves. They have very large armed forces. And I think because they're so close to it, because they've seen this kind of rhetoric and this, these extraordinary language coming out of Pyongyang in the past, they're probably not as concerned as some other people. But that doesn't mean they're not worried, because, as you say, the risk here is something untoward happening, an accident or an incident or, or the behaviour of some sort of maverick. Uh, and that's the thing which could tip this over from a crisis into something more serious, which is why, again, Ban Ki-moon is trying to say, look, for heaven's sake, cool it. Professor Paul Rogers, uh, Professor of Peace Studies at Bradford University, thank you very much. Well, I'm, I hope that's put your mind at ease. There was Cameron banging on the other day, oh yeah, North Korea could hit us. It, it, they can't. 
So don't worry about that. But still, you know, an interesting and slightly concerning concerning time. 08459 455 555. Should we have some of the loving spoonful? Yes, why not? Spoonful. You do know how they got their name, don't you? I know, dirty, horrible. You know what it is? I'm not going to sell you. Vile. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Here's the travel news now with Brooke Burford. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. It's not looking too bad at all. No delays on my speed sensors on the major A routes. Can't spot any cam- queues on my cameras. Uh, ongoing roadworks, though, in Maids Morton. On Morton Road, there's work on the gas mains at Avenue Road. Little Chalford, Nightingales Lane, that has electricity work near Harewood Road. Temporary lights have been put up there. That might cause problems for you later. Apart from that, though, it's all looking good. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Brooke. Right, 6.45, Friday the 5th of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man receiving treatment at Bedford Hospital still doesn't know how he ended up with a three-inch deep wound in his lower back, and he's still looking for an explanation three years on. Signs welcoming drivers to Milton Keynes have been labelled misleading after being placed 13 miles away from the city centre. And in sport, there were wins for Tottenham and Chelsea in the Europa League last night, but Newcastle lost 3-1. 
coming up Friday. Oh, it's my favourite time of the week, round about now, because I get to catch up with my nanny Eileen. She's my adopted nanny, and she gets to listen to one of this week's BBC Introducing tracks. I've heard the song this week. I think she might like it. Before that, let's get the latest weather. Here's Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, yesterday, some of our stations recorded the coldest April day that it's been for nearly 50 years. But um, today, it's going to be a bit of an improvement. Hooray. Um, Now, we might just see a few very light wintry flurries, particularly over parts of Hertfordshire, I think, through the course of the morning. But uh, but generally, very cloudy. Another cold one, I'm afraid, with that northeasterly wind. Um, But we will see it dry out into the afternoon, and hopefully some of that cloud start to thin and break as well. So um, brighter by later on in the day and where we do get the late brightness and even perhaps a little bit of sunshine you never know your luck um, then we might get up to 7 or even 8 degrees Celsius later on in Aylesbury Luton and in Stevenage as well that's 46 in Fahrenheit I think um, most places south of those are going to see um, quite a lot of cloud though for the rest of the day but um, but you know it's an improvement on yesterday temperatures um, tonight are going to take a bit of a tumble all the way down to minus 2 minus 3 degrees Celsius because the skies for the, a large part of the night are going to clear and eventually we're going to see that northeasterly winds lighten as well and that certainly is good news i can't think of anybody that's going to miss that horrible thing um but uh, to start the day tomorrow a very cold start widespread frost um but of course um it is going to be quite a nice day without that horrible northeasterly wind so um, much lighter winds tomorrow it will stay dry there'll be some decent spells of sunshine out there and brightness um so actually in the sunshine then temperatures rise into eight degrees even nine or we might even scrape double figures at some point over the weekend as well it will actually feel like it this time without the wind chill Unfortunately, next week's not looking quite as good as we originally hoped. It now looks like it is going to turn quite wet and windy at times and we'll have to wait a few more days before that milder air pushes through. That's the forecast. Do you know how the band The Loving Spoonful got their name? Uh, No, please tell me. I can't. That's the problem. I wish I hadn't raised it now. I've just, I thought everyone knew. And I just told work experience Ollie and producer Laura. They looked disgusted. It's the same reason that 10CC have got their name. Oh, I can't tell. And don't phone in, please. We, it, I mean, it really is very dirty. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. I get to meet a lot of really interesting people with the most amazing stories. We feel as if we haven't been taken notice of. Yesterday we heard that the bank had gone, but today it's still there. The cat got delivered up in Kabul. You should be back in the UK in two months. With the best local talking points. Do some of the bakers have flapjack fights? No, of course not, Roberto. Well, not in our shops. (laughs) Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three. On B. BBC Three Counties Radio. Dealey's up next. Morning, Justin. Yes, hello, Ian. Just, just quickly to go off on a tangent. You mm. know how the Loving Spoonful got their name, don't you? Uh, yes, they're very dirty. Was there 10 CC? I've got no idea on that one. Can you, uh, can you fill me in? Now, if you're anything like me, you're probably being a bit more conscious of how much petrol you're using. You're very naughty, Justin. (laughs) Maybe you're driving more slowly or using public transport. I'm doing both. Well, forecourt sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been finding out what impact the high cost of petrol is having on you. Is that right, Justin? That is right. I was very naughty there. Sorry, Ian. Um, I'm surprised (laughs) by this personally. I'll tell you why. Because whenever I've spoken about this in the past, people say to me the price of petrol, very, very expensive. But, of course, people do still need their cars. I mean, in saying that, this report is saying that sales of diesel have, in actual fact, gone up. Right. I've been talking to people in Luton about the cost of fuel and what impact that is having on their lives, and this is what people have had to say. Marilyn, petrol sales are down. In terms of yourself and your family, have you started using your car less now? 
Yes. Uh, we use it to go to work and take my daughter to the hospital, but that's it. We can't afford to take it on holidays or days out or even go shopping. It's mm. all buses now. Buses and walking. I mean, that must make you feel pretty bad because you were using your car a lot more before. Now, yeah. a lot more effort involved for you and your family. Yeah, just a bit because I can't even go and see my other children that are in Oxford and that. So, yeah, it makes it hard. Very hard. They're more in. You don't drive, but um, it's got nothing to do with fuel prices. You no. got all the way to your test and you said, I'm not doing this because there's too many idiots on the road. Is this correct? That's correct. Yeah. Genuinely, right to the end, and you thought, no, not doing it. Don't want to do it, no. You've got to have eyes everywhere, and there's just too many people doing stupid things, and I didn't want to risk it because I've got children. And that was 18 years ago. You're about to jump on the bus now. Would you ever consider getting a car again? No. No, I'll go with my husband. I'm on a second pair of eyes for him. Now, madam, you don't own a car yourself, but your family are struggling with the price of petrol. Tell us more about that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, one, one person working in the family and having three children... You know, food comes first. But no, they do. And obviously not going out and about and seeing regular um, people in the family like so, we used to. So are your children saying to you, sorry, Mum, I can't come and see you because the petrol prices well, are too not, much? Well, not so in so many words. Um, so in the end, I often, at least once a month, give them petrol money so they can get out and about with three children because you can't stay in, especially in school holidays. It's a sad state of affairs, though, isn't it, when oh, you're having to do that? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, a lot of people, they're changing the way they uh, they travel, Justin. Yeah, couldn't quite believe that, I have to say. I didn't really know what to expect this morning. Very, very sad there. Uh, one lady saying she can't go and see her daughter. Another lady saying, well, my daughter won't admit it, but I know she's struggling with the price of petrol, so I'm giving her petrol money at least once a month so she can go out with the kids. One of, those people mentioned, one of those people mentioned the idiots on the road. I'm one of those <laughs> idiots on the road. I've got <laughs> speed awareness today. I, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, yep. fascinating. When 18 years ago, yep. even back then, she was saying, I got all the way to my test and I thought you know what I don't want this because I want to be around I want to live my life I feel like if, if I pass my test and I go on the roads it's too dangerous for me incredible are the, are the roads too dangerous do you think Justin I, mean, I don't think so personally but clearly that lady does okay Justin Daly excellent stuff we'll speak to you later on thank you very much what do you think the roads too dangerous and are you changing your driving habits because of the petrol is expensive I drive a lot slower now lot slower save, you save a fortune Save up some fortune. I, I can't quantify that, but you do save a lot of money. And I get the bus or walk wherever I can. The buses where I've moved to aren't that good, to be honest. So I'm, I kind of walk a lot. 08459 455 555. Have you changed your driving or your travelling habits because of the uh, increase in, in petrol? It, it's kind of gone down a little bit, but it's, it's still quite pricey. Now, BBC Introducing supports the unsigned, undiscovered and upcoming musicians from the three counties. Uh, if you're making music, you can upload your best tracks and get it heard on the BBC by going to bbc.co.uk forward slash introducing. Well, your song could get played on the radio, or more excitingly, it could become part of the new phenomenon. It could be reviewed by my adopted Nanny Eileen. Good morning, my dear. Good morning, Ian. How have you been this week, Nanny Eileen? Um, very well, thank you. The weather's put a stop to me gallop a bit, yep. but... It's flipping cold, isn't it? It is, but wasn't Wednesday lovely. The sun shone. The sun was nice, but it's deceptive, because you, you think, oh, I'll go out and have a little straw. It's still very chilly out there. Yeah, you're quite right. So, quite right. Did, did you have a nice Easter, Nanny Eileen? Very quiet, but very nice. Did you get any Easter eggs? Oh, yes, I got my Easter egg. Good for you. But the one thing that annoyed me was that I can't watch live uh, Formula One. I'm cross about that. Why can't you watch it? 
Because it's on Sky oh, now. Oh, nuts. You've got to be here. It's on <laughs> the Sky, isn't it? BBC yeah. lost it. Yes. <laughs> Does that... And, and, and what, what's... I, I never got the fascination with watching rich millionaires driving really fast. Why is it so exciting for you? I, I really don't know, but I'm fascinated by it. Mm, OK, well, I'm sorry you can't, you can't get to watch <laughs> that. But we'll, anyway, listen, we've got a good track for you this week. Good. I've heard this. I, think, I, I don't want to presume anything. I think, I think you might like this. Good. It's, uh, it's by Tanisha Rose. She's from Stevenage. The song is called Jezebel. Do you want to have a quick listen? Yes, please. Speak to you after this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Measure my soul, don't even go there. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Watching the clock can hardly wait. Going out on a new date. So excited but hesitate. For a while, anticipate. But oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. I read your mind. So don't even go BBC Introducing Track of the Week. It's called Jezebel by Tanisha Rose from Stevenage. Nanny Eileen, what did you think? She's good, isn't she? Isn't she good? She is good and I like that beat. It isn't. Listen listen to the beat again. Here we go. She's very... She's excellent. Oh, you can really bop to that. Oh, we were bopping away here (laughs) in the studio. Likewise. What would you... If you had to sum that song up, Nanny Eileen, in one word, what one word would you use? Lively. 
Very like, yeah, lively. You, you can't say any fairer than that. I did enjoy that. And she sent me a tweet in the week, and I have to say, and this is irrelevant to the to the music in the 21st century. Yes. She's a stunner as well, Nanny Eileen. Is she? I, I, okay, I'm going to put my money on this. I reckon that she will uh, be in the top ten on top of the pops by the end of this year. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, we'll watch her climb. We, we will watch... Oh, yeah, we will watch her climb. Yeah. And we'll hopefully we'll get tickets to her backstage concert when she does a gig at the O2 or something. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? We'll see if we can sort it out. <laughs> Nanny, I pleasure to talk to you. Have a lovely weekend, my dear, and I'll speak to you soon. And you. Bye-bye. There Bye. we go. There we go. That was... A, we enjoyed that. Jezebel by Tanisha Rose. Um, and, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. I, I think that's, uh, superb. But what, what do I know? As I'm a very old man. But Nanny Eileen loved it, and she described it as lively. 08459 455 555. There's kind of a, a, a driving theme to the show today. I'm off on a speed awareness course later. I'm a little bit nervous. If you've been on one, is there anything to fear... Are they a bit pointless? We're all doing it, aren't we, to avoid the points on our licence? To be honest, it's not because I'm I, I, I'm filled... I, you know, I feel bad I've, I, I've, I've been speeding, of course, but I'm not filled with remorse and hoping this will make me a better person. I don't know if I should be saying this on the radio. I'm doing it because I don't want to get the points on my licence. That's the only reason people go... Did you, if you've been on one, did you actually learn anything? I wait four five nine four double five five double five. And are you changing your driving habits because of the increase in the price of petrol? We'll discuss more after the travel with Brooke Burford. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I've had a look through all my cameras and nothing much to report, really. Traffic's flowing freely on the motorways. No reports of any problems on the major A routes either. There are, of course, roadworks. They continue. That may slow you down. The M25 has narrow lanes and a speed restriction of 50 miles an hour between Junction 23 at South Mims to 25 for Enfield. And over in St Albans, Folly Lane, that has works on the water mains to the junction for Westview Road. No problems reported on the trains. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. 08459. Four double five, five double five is the telephone number. Coming up after the news, the most remarkable story: a gentleman goes to hospital because he's having a little bit of problems with his epilepsy and his seizures, and somehow gets a three-inch deep wound at his back. No one knows anything about it. It really is incredible. We'll talk about that and more after the latest news and sport with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, the headlines. Bedford man wants to know why he was wounded whilst in hospital. Signs for Milton Keynes confusing and petrol sales fall. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man receiving treatment at Bedford Hospital still doesn't know how he ended up with a three-inch deep wound in his lower back. He's still looking for an explanation three years on. The hospital, though, do acknowledge it happened in A&D after Keith Thompson from Shefford was admitted for complications to his epilepsy. His wife, Pam, says he's suffered. I mean, it's the not knowing what happened to you the pain i was in a lot of pain we had to have nurses around every day that used to have to pack the wound from the inside out so it's just the pain the embarrassment it was just everything well in a statement bedford hospital apologizes for the distress caused it says a thorough investigation proved inconclusive as a result the trust doesn't consider it can do anything else and the matter's now closed 
Turning to other news, an investigation's being carried out after 40 firefighters were called to an equestrian centre near Milton Keynes last night. 100 horses live at the Great Brickhill site, but no one or animal was injured. The fire's now out, but speaking from the scene last night is Jeff Bottle from Bucks Fire and Rescue Service. We've got now 10 appliances here. Quite a lot of those have come from the immediate area of Milton Keynes, but we've got command unit from Aylesbury, a hose lane lorry from down in Stoke and Church in South Bucks. So yes, it's drawn the resources from the whole of the county. The UN Secretary-General wants North Korea to tone down its nuclear rhetoric. Ban Ki-moon says he was concerned that any miscalculation may have serious implications. Locally, and signs welcoming drivers to Milton Keynes have been labelled misleading after being placed 13 miles away from the new centre. The signs on the A428 near Turvey mark the Milton Keynes borough boundary. But these locals don't understand the need for them. It was a bit misleading, isn't it, really? It's just strange to see the sign there. Such a big sign as well, which must have cost quite a bit of money. Well, if people know where Milton Keynes is, it's irrelevant, really. And they're so far away from Milton Keynes, you might as well be saying welcome to Northampton or Birmingham. And we've got more on this story coming up with Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio in the next half an hour. Official figures show four-court sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. The AA, which highlighted them, put the fall down to a greater take-up of smaller vehicles and diesel cars. Well, these people across the three counties say they struggle to pay the high fuel costs. We use it to go to work and take my daughter to the hospital but that's it we can't afford to take it on holidays or days out or even go shopping it's Mm. all buses now one person working in the family and having three children food comes first obviously not going out and about and seeing regular um, people in the family like we used to Moving on to football and Gareth Bale left the pitch on a stretcher last night after going over on his ankle in Tottenham's 2-0 draw with FC Basel in the first leg of their Europa League quarter-final. And we're going to see some more wintry showers on the way but then it'll become bright and sunny this afternoon apparently. Temperatures 8 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. I am loving your work, Serena. morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio lots coming up between now and eight o'clock including just the most remarkable story imagine you went into hospital to be treated for complications to epilepsy only to receive a three inch deep wound to your lower back and no one knows how it got there well that's exactly what happened to one shepherd man we'll hear his story next Have you seen the new signs which say welcome to Milton Keynes? Some of them have been placed 13 miles from the city centre. Well, a lavender uh, man, Norman Kitchener, is furious about it. Do you think they're misleading? Have a look at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can see one of the signs there. And petrol sales have fallen by a quarter in the last five years. What effect is the high cost of fuel having on you? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
A man is still seeking answers three years on after receiving a three-inch deep wound in his lower back at Bedford Hospital. The hospital acknowledged it happened in A&E after Keith Thompson from Shefford was admitted for complications to his epilepsy. He's since suffered from depression and the agony of not knowing what happened to him. Well, Keith and his wife Pam join me now. Pam, I'll start with you. Good morning, Pam. Yeah, good morning. Pam, take me back to March 2010. Why was Keith admitted to Bedford Hospital? Um, because he'd been having a series of epileptic fits, and after he had so many, I have to call an ambulance and they take him into hospital um, just to kind of, you know, um, look after him and make sure he doesn't have any more. So you you called an ambulance, yeah, and they they took him. You stayed at home. They took yep. him to A and E, yeah, at Bedford Hospital. Yeah, fifteen thirty five actually. Fifteen thirty five. <laughs> you know what? You know it precisely. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so you thought, oh, okay, well he's with the best people. He'll be fine. Yes. Then what happened? Then what happened? I phoned that evening um, to be told he was fine, no problems, because normally. After so, somebody has so many fits, I know everyone's different, but normally he will just sleep. He can sleep it, for two days. The, the seizures would knock it out of him, would yes. it? Okay. Yes. Um, so I was quite happy Friday evening. Saturday morning, I got a phone call that said they were taking him down to the theatre because they'd found a large internal hole. A large internal hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds incredible. What, 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 what did you think? Well, my first reaction was, oh, okay. <laughs> Put the phone down, and I thought, hang on a minute. Have they got the right person? Mm. So I phoned back, and they said, yes, there's a large internal hole. We don't know how or why, and it could be life-threatening. Wow. They were the exact words. So immediately, I got my daughter, I got uh, Keith's sister, and we went over to the hospital. What happened when you got there, Pam? We couldn't really find anything out properly. All we knew that Keith had got this hole. He was in theatre. Um, we still didn't find anything out come Saturday night. On the Sunday, when he was on the ward... We thought, this is all very, very strange. So we actually found, I'm not sure if she was a matron or sister or what, and we said, well, what's actually happened? And she said, oh, hang on a minute, we'll look at the notes. And she said, yes, he, um, he received a 10-centimetre wound caused by something sharp. And that's 10 centimetres deep inside his body? Inside, wow. yeah. And it was uh, like the top of his buttocks. Right. In the centre. Um, and it was caused by something sharp. And, so hang on a second, this this happened pr- probably Friday night, and they only told you this Sunday on Sunday night. night. Yeah. And you had to ask about yeah. it. Yeah. And did they give any indication of how this happened? No. No, N- none whatsoever. They don't know. I mean, I've got all the paperwork in front of me, and it it says thorough investigations. Uh, they couldn't find. There was nothing sharp in the area. They even suggested that maybe he climbed over the the side of the trolley and impaled himself on a drip stand. What? Yeah. <laughs> Now, if somebody had done that, yeah. I think somebody would have heard. And and did did Keith, uh, I mean, was Keith 
out of it, and that's yeah. why he didn't he kind didn't of know. say, "Oh, I've got, I've got a pain in my back." He, he was unaware no. of this. Yeah, he's totally unaware. Uh, this really is Pam. Just it's the very most bizarre, isn't it? Isn't it just? It's the most incredible story. I mean, it, it sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So tell me if I'm wrong. It does sound to me like a stab wound, as though someone stabbed yeah. him with a knife. Is that yeah. is that what you you kind of believe? Yeah, yeah, and um, knife, scissors. Because the fact that um, they checked all around the area, there was nothing sharp found anywhere. Not on the floor, not nowhere. Um, so what we did on the Sunday night, um, we actually called the police yeah. to investigate. But unfortunately, they didn't come up with anything. And the CCTV recordings obviously don't show cubicles. No. And we found out, as I say, on the Sunday, that it happened in A&E. Um, it actually happened at 1755, right. when one of the nurses say they saw him walking down the corridor with blood dripping down from oh, his back. Um, let's just clarify, Keith's, he's, this happened three years ago, he's fine physically as a result of this, isn't he? Not really, Is no. he not? No. We, we say, I mean, I, you know, the same, my daughter and everybody, we... Since it happened, he went downhill, really. really. In what way? Um, I think because of stress, mm. embarrassment. Because mm. when he came out of hospital, we had to have the nurses in every day um, to pack the wound. Because with a wound like that, it's got to be packed from the inside out. So he was in a great deal of pain, embarrassment, and the not knowing. Oh, dear. And it caused a, an awful lot of depression. Yeah, I bet. What, what, I could talk to you all morning about this, Pam, because I find it, <laughs> I, honestly, I find it just in, incredible. We've only got a I few know. minutes left. What have you, how, how have you pursued this? I'm assuming you, you got legal advice. Did that bring up anything? We did. We've had, we had lots of advice from power. Obviously, we first went to a patient and liaison office who then put us on to power and we had an advocate and then we went via a solicitor. But that's taken all this time, basically, um, just waiting for replies to letters, mm. replies uh, for all sorts of things, only to be turned down, really. Well, I've got a statement. Let me read a statement from Bedford Hospital. We appreciate the pain Mr Thompson sustained as a result of his injury. We are mm. sorry for any distress this has caused. Uh, following attempts to resolve the issue at a local level, subsequent involvement from both the NHS Litigation Authority... authority and the Parliamentary and Health Service Ombudsman has yeah. not led to any criticism of the Trust's approach to this incident. As a result, the Trust does not consider there's anything more it can do, and the matter has now been closed. Mm. How does that make you feel, Pam? It's closed. Upset. Very upset. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's caused pain, distress, um, obviously costs involved, backwards and forwards, and just everything, really. What would you like to see happen, Pam? Well, first of all, I'd be quite interested to see if this sort of thing has happened to anybody else. Mm. Because somebody did it to Keith. I'm, we're all very convinced of that. You don't do that to yourself. It's impossible. 
So somebody did it. So whether or not it's happened to anyone else, I don't know. Pam, listen, I know know Keith's not particularly good at hearing, but can I have a quick word with him? Yeah, Thank you very much. Hang on. Not good at hearing. The phrase is hard of hearing, I believe. Hello, good morning. Morning, Keith. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Keith, uh, this story is incredible, and I'm so sorry for all the distress you've you've suffered. How has it affected you since leaving the hospital? Uh, you, you wouldn't imagine how it has affected me. Um, I haven't got over the depression and the stress even now after all this time. It's caused a lot of problems family-wise. Uh, it's virtually split my wife up two or three times because of the arguments and things we've had because... I haven't been able to let things drop, um, and I I don't really know what to do because um, I, I do feel that uh, my wife does need a little bit of help as well on this uh, because she has done all the work right from the word go. She's done all the paperwork. We have all the dates, um, times, etc. It's all in black and white, and we have it all in front of us. And I can't see why we would actually turn down for any sort of compensation. Well, Keith, Bedford Hospital have told us that, as far as they're concerned, the matter's now closed. How does that make you feel? Absolutely terrible. I'm absolutely disgusted. Um, And I don't see if you can get um, something signed from the hospital saying, when I admitted to the hospital, I had no injuries, how they could say the matter's closed. Keith, can I, can I ask, are, are you seeing your doctor? Have you spoken to a counsellor or anyone to help you get, get through this tough time? Well, because of the pain and things I'm still suffering now, I do visit a doctor fairly regular. Mm. Um, but there's only, only so much they can do. Only, I'm still taking pills even now. Painkillers. In actual fact, I'm due to make an appointment today for the doctors again. Would you consider going to see a counsellor or someone to just have a chat through all of this? Yes, definitely. How, uh, w- would you have a word with your doctor and ask if he could maybe arrange an appointment to see a counsellor? Because it, it, it does sound like you talking to someone else who perhaps isn't your wife yeah. might be quite helpful for you. Yes, certainly. Um, I'd gladly do that today if I can get to see my own doctor, um, which is not always... No, it's not always you know. possible. Keith, have a word with your doctor. If you, if you feel that's the right thing for you to do, it, it, it might be helpful, and I'm sure they'll be able to help. Can I have a quick word with Pam again, Keith? Yeah, certainly. Thank, thanks Thank very much for your time. No problem. Thank you very much. Oh, dear. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Keith. Hello. Hello, Pam. Listen, Hi. I just... I just you're, you're both obviously still suffering and, and in a lot of pain, and I just suggested that maybe Keith might find it helpful if he spoke to a counsellor or someone. I don't know if that's something he'd like. Did he do that? He did. They had a trauma counsellor. But to be honest, he said it made him feel worse. Really? Yeah, well, it brings it all back, doesn't it? Well, Pam, listen, I know that Keith's going to his doctor today or very soon. It it, it might be worth just mentioning that he still feels anxious and depressed about it, and they might be able to point him in in the direction of some help. Yes, yeah. Pam, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm really sorry. It's, it's it's just an incredible story, and I'm, I'm sorry this is still dragging on. Thank you so much. Yeah, OK. Thank, thank you, Pam. You. There we uh, go. Just, just, uh... Oh, dear, wouldn't it? I could have spoken to them all morning. Fascinating and moving. It was uh, Pam and Keith Thompson from Shefford, and if you missed the beginning of that, Keith was admitted to a, a Bedford hospital three years ago, and uh, it, was, it was discovered he had a mysterious three-inch deep wound in his back.
08459 455 555. A little bit later than normal. 716. Let's get the travel with Brooke Burfitt. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I can see on my cameras that the traffic is starting to pick up on the roads in Enfield, the A10 Great Cambridge Road. That's heavy between Balsmore Lane to Southbury Road. It's also the usual morning rush hour queues forming in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, the A405 at the roundabout for the M25 Junction 21A. That's also slow. No problems reported on the trains. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much. Morning, it's 7.17. It is Friday the 5th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three counties radio a man is still looking for an explanation after ending up with a three inch deep wound in his lower back whilst at bedford hospital signs welcoming drivers to milton Keynes have been labeled misleading after being placed 13 miles away from the city center in sport the chelsea interim manager feels they have a good chance of reaching the europa league semi-finals after they beat rubin kazan 3-1 last night the weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, wintry showers across many areas, some bright or sunny intervals developing, although the cold breeze will continue. Maximum temperature is 8 degrees. Coming up, signs saying welcome to Milton Keynes have been placed in the surrounding villages as far away as 13 miles from the city centre. Well, one local resident is furious. We'll hear more reaction to this story before 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weekends on BBC Three Counties Radio. Treasure Quest, every Sunday morning from nine. It is the biggest treasure hunt on the radio, searching for clues all around the three counties. Treasure Quest. We've got five locations, six clues in total, and once we've solved that sixth clue, then we go to our treasure. Every Sunday morning from nine. If we don't have the listeners, we don't have the treasure. People text in, people tweet us, people send us Facebook messages, people call in, and that is the most important thing, that they ring us and tell us the information they've got. Treasure Quest. Every Sunday morning from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, if you've got a story you think we should be talking about, we want to hear from you. You can email me, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. And uh, if we think it's something we can investigate, we will do. If, if it's not right for this show, we'll, we'll pass it on to one of the other shows that I did yesterday. I sent some bits and pieces forward to Nick Coffer. Well, Norman Kitchener from Lavender got in touch with us yesterday. He says signs saying welcome to Milton Keynes have been placed as far away as 13 miles from the city centre near Turvey in Bedfordshire. He says it's a waste of money to have signs in the surrounding areas. When I was coming home the other week, I got to the boundary at Northampton. It says welcome to Milton Keynes. Then I drive through to Turvey, through Lavender to Turvey. The road again is a disgrace. Takes ages to get things done. And I get to Turvey and it says, thank you for visiting Milton Keynes. And when you come back, the same. What a total waste of money. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. When you saw, and it's miles from Milton Keynes, from the city centre. 12, 13 miles away. When you saw these signs, do you think they've been put there by mistake? What was your reaction? Well, I'll just wonder what numpty on the council sort of uh, allowed this to happen when we're trying to save money and need money to spend money on the roads. Now, you, I'm, I'm guessing from what you're saying that you would rather that, that the money that had been spent on these signs had been spent on something like fixing potholes or making the roads a bit better. Oh, quite, oh, yeah, it does. The roads are a disgrace, absolute disgrace. Well, we sent our reporter, Jessica Cooper, to have a look at the signs. Turvey is a typical Bedfordshire village. It's got a pub, shops, and it's surrounded by green fields. 
Now, just outside the village, signs have gone up saying, Welcome to Milton Keynes. The next village, Cole Brayfield, does actually fall in the borough of Milton Keynes, but the town centre and where the shops are is still miles away. What do you think of the new signs? Um, well, they look really posh, but I mean, I can't understand why it's here when we're so far from Milton Keynes itself. Mm. As, we're, as we're coming into Turvey, um, it seems weird that the sign's there. And you've just driven from well, Northampton to Turvey. I've actually come from Northampton and not from Milton Keynes, but it said thanks for visiting Milton Keynes, which is a bit strange. So for people that don't know the area then and, and don't know if they're in Milton Keynes or not, what do you think about those signs? It was a bit misleading, isn't it, really? As if we've all just come from Milton Keynes when we haven't really, have we? Mm. <laughs> a lot of us. I mean, it's just strange to see the sign there. Such a big sign as well, which must have cost quite a bit of money. I think they're too modern. They're not in keeping with, with the area. Um, it, it doesn't bother me what, what, what they say, really, but uh, technically, for me, that, that sign should say Buckinghamshire and not Milton Keynes. And for people coming to the area who maybe don't know it very well and they drive through that, do you think that it, it seems yeah, like no, they've arrived would, in that, Milton Keynes that would be That would be confusing, really. I suppose Milton Keynes must be, what, 12 miles away, 10, 12 miles away, um, for people coming to Milton Keynes, and it's, it's not Milton Keynes, really. Do we need to clutter up the countryside with more signs? Where if people know where Milton Keynes is, it's irrelevant, really. They're so far away from Milton Keynes. You might as well be saying welcome to Northampton or Birmingham. or So, no, I don't see, see any point in having them. I suppose um, the person who put them up might argue that actually it's publicising that um, you're in Milton Keynes Borough and you're, you're getting it towards the direction mm-hmm. of Milton Keynes. Do you, do you kind of see that point? No, why don't they say welcome to the Borough of Milton Keynes or you are X number of miles from Milton Keynes? I'm just getting in the car. I'm going to drive from Turvey, from the new signs, which say welcome to Milton Keynes, and I'm going to drive to what I call Milton Keynes, which is where the shops are, to see how long it takes. So 20 minutes and 13 and a half miles after I passed those welcome to Milton Keynes signs just outside of Turvey, I have arrived in central Milton Keynes at the shopping centre. And on the way here, incidentally, I passed another sign which said Milton Keynes, Borough and New City. But that came 10 miles after Turvey. So it seems when you pass the new signs outside of Turvey saying welcome to Milton Keynes, you're actually being welcomed to the borough of Milton Keynes. And you definitely aren't that close to Milton Keynes itself. That was Jessica Cooper looking at signs. Well, Councillor John Bint is from Milton Keynes Council. He's in charge of transport and highways. John, why are these signs so far from Milton Keynes? These signs are on the boundary of Milton Keynes, which is a borough and a county, and it's traditional to have signs welcoming uh, motorists and, and road users as they come in through uh, the boundary of a local authority. It's traditional to have the word borough on, though, isn't it? If it's if it's the borough that you're celebrating in the sign. Uh, there are there are lots of, of variations around the country. Some people uh, say welcome to the borough, welcome to the county. These say neither. It's both. Th- that's right. And there are others where where the name is sufficiently obvious that that it is obvious what it is. In Milton Keynes, we debated about whether it should say the borough or the county, and we decided that actually Milton Keynes is a place. 
Uh, it's it a bit misleading, though, isn't it, though, John? It's, it, it could be perceived as being a little bit misleading, because I think the majority of people, the people we've spoken to anyway, uh, view Milton Keynes as the new city, in inverted commas, the town, uh, and that to have it 13 miles away from the town is, 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 it seems a waste of money. Uh, no, I don't think it's a waste of money at all. I think, as I say, it's, it's traditional to welcome people when you come into the, the borough or the county area to know the place that you have arrived at. But, so that, but people you, might... you, are, you are a long way from city, but you yep. are within Milton Keynes, the place. How much do the signs cost? We're incredibly cost? proud. Of, um, they cost slightly under £1,000 each. Mm. And if you, if you work wow. on the, uh, the lifespan of the previous ones, that works out as under 15 pence per sign per day. How many signs have you I put up? About 16 of them on the principal roads into Milton Keynes. £16,000 worth of signs, 13 miles away from the city centre. There are people, including callers to this show, who think that in times of austerity... Having up a sign that could be perceived as misleading is a complete waste of money. No, this isn't. This is, this is, this is welcoming people to Milton Keynes. Every other authority does the same thing. At all those points where people have said, well, why are we welcoming people to Milton Keynes? If you face the other way on the road, you will find that there is a similar sign uh, describing the fact that that's the boundary of Northamptonshire or Buckinghamshire or whatever. Um, so it's entirely appropriate, very traditional, and I think 15p per sign per day can't be accused of being, of being inappropriate John, use of what would you what would you say to um, the people who've been in touch with us, including Norman Kitchener from Lavenden, uh, who say it, it is a waste of money? What, what would you say to Norman? Signs have existed at the boundary of places for ages and ages and ages. These have been replaced. They are more modern. They are in keeping with the information that we provide on, on signage elsewhere in the area. Um, and if people didn't know that they'd come into Milton Keynes at that point, well, hey, the sign has served a useful purpose, drawing this to their attention. We are incredibly proud of our rural areas of Milton Keynes. People are entitled to know when they've come into Milton Keynes, the place. I accept the fact that Milton Keynes, the place, spreads, spreads all those miles away from Milton Keynes, the shopping centre. But there is more to Milton Keynes than the shopping centre. There is the whole of those rural areas. People are coming into it. They're entitled to know. Be proud of our rural areas. Do you think people on the boundary in places like Turvey want to associate themselves with Milton Keynes? I think they expect to get services from Milton Keynes. I think they, lots of them get jobs in Milton Keynes. I think that they, they, they get um, the benefit of, of the, the prosperity that Milton Keynes So they Keynes have to put up with the signs. I don't think it's a case of putting up. I think it's, it's, it's um, if they look on their birth certificates, if they were born in the last 10 years, it will say they were born in Milton Keynes. I think, I think we should be proud of our rural areas. We've, we've not, I must say, we've not had anybody under the age of 10 complaining, so yeah, your point is second. That, the one thing I've noticed, John, is there's a gap at the bottom of the sign. What, what's that for? Are you going to add more information? There's, there's a facility there for putting up a secondary message. So, for instance... Um, Lots, lots of lots of occasions there are winners of Britain in Bloom or home to Red Bull Racing or um, the MK Dons or, or, or whatever else may be appropriate on a, on a from time to time basis. How much do those extra signs cost to put up about the Britain in Bloom and things like that? 
we 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 try to have those based on 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 a budget if and when the the the, the occasion demands. But the fact that the the metal is effectively up there and simply a, yeah. a a secondary message can be put on at much lower cost than if that if that space hadn't been installed. And one final question, John. You've been you've been very patient. I appreciate it. One bugbear of mine is the um, when people don't bother to press the shift key. Why haven't you got capital letters for Milton Keynes? It looks awful. <laughs> Use capital um, letters. It's a place name, John. I understand the concept of capital letters, and that would have had my vote as well. However, the the modern style without capital letters is part of a a, a branding style that he's okay. been, been developed as part of a theme that's called the amazing Milton Keynes imagery and type fonts and logos and all the rest of it. It wouldn't have absolutely. It wouldn't have been my choice, but it is the choice, and we are being consistent with it. So it's consistent with other signage that that, that, that other people will be using in, in other parts of the borough. John, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. That's Councillor John Bent from Milton Keynes Council. He's in charge of transport and highways. He puts up a, a pretty good argument, I think. <clears throat> what do you think? Have a look at the signs on our Facebook page. OK, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. £1,000 each. John claims it works out if they uh, sustain as long as the last signs. 15 pence a day. There's 16 of them. £16,000. Is it a good use of money or is it misleading? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or give me a call 08459 455 555. Here's the travel news now, Brooke Burfitt. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you and good morning. Traffic builds up for Russia and I'm starting to see more congestion on the roads in the usual hotspots. It's busy in Bricketwood on the A405 North Orbital Road at the roundabout for the M25. Once on the M25, there is a speed restriction of 50 miles now in narrow lanes between the roadworks at junction 23 for South Mims to 25 for Enfield. And in Enfield, the A10 Great Cambridge Road, that's heavy between Bullsmore Lane heading into town to Southbury Road. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thanks very much. It's 7.30, news and sport now. Here's Serena. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A man still wants answers three years after he discovered a three-inch deep wound in his lower back at Bedford Hospital. Signs welcoming drivers, as we've just been hearing, to Milton Keynes have been labelled misleading. It's after being placed 13 miles away from the city centre. Children's heart surgery will now resume at Leeds General Infirmary. Operations were temporarily stopped after NHS figures suggested death rates there were twice the national average. And many people in Luton, who BBC Three Counties have been speaking to, say they can't afford to run their cars because of the rising costs in fuel. Official figures show forecourt sales of petrol have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. That's the news. Now let's move on to the sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sir Gareth Bale left the pitch on a stretcher after going over on his ankle in Tottenham's two-old draw with FC Basel in the first leg of their Europa League quarter-final last night. Meanwhile, other sides who were in action, Chelsea put themselves in a good position to reach the last four so after they beat Ruben Kazan 3-1. And Newcastle, though, are facing elimination after they lost 3-1 at Benfica. So locally, in tomorrow's football, Watford are set to be without centre-half Fitzhall for the 5.20 kick-off at home 
to Championship leaders Cardiff. He was injured in Tuesday's win at Hull, so Lloyd Doyley is set to deputise. In League One, MK Dons will check on defender Adam Chickson ahead of the home game with Crawley. Meantime, Stevenage go to Portsmouth. And in League Two, Wickham make the short trip up the M40 to Oxford. Finally in the conference, Luton make the long trip to Carlisle to face Gateshead. But this time, manager John Stills putting assistant Terry Harris in charge. This is now the time I need to to look at one or two players as does Terry not both together either one of us will probably not do the same games together between now and the end of the season you know we now have to make some decisions on players that we've been watching so Saturday will be one of them you won't be there on Saturday I won't be there on Saturday Turning to rugby then, and Saracens named their side today for tomorrow's Heineken Cup quarter final against Ulster at Twickenham. England fire half Owen Farrell set to return for the half. These are the type of occasions you play rugby for. You know, quarter final of the Heineken Cup, you don't you don't get much bigger playing Ulster at Twickenham. Um, and yeah, we're, we're preparing well for it this week and looking forward to it. Also tomorrow, Bedford host Lanethley in the quarterfinals of the British and Irish Cup. And tonight, Wasps host Irish side Leinster at Wickham's Adams Park in the last eight of the European Challenge Cup. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Court sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. What effect is the high cost of fuel having on you? Maybe you're doing what I'm doing, driving more slowly or using public transport more. Well, we'll speak to our petrol correspondent, Justin Dealey, in a few minutes. Now, how much do you remember about your dreams? Using brain scans, researchers in Japan have been able to predict the visual images that people see as they sleep. What was that film where you could do that? Oh, there was a film, wasn't there, where they... Fi- you fi- Videodrome. Was it Videodrome? May have been. Anyway, it's the first step towards being able to read dreams and help those who suffer nightmares. I'll be speaking to a neuroscientist to find out more about what they've been doing. Now, if you're anything like me, you're probably a bit more conscious of how much petrol you're using. Maybe you're driving more slowly, as I generally do, apart from the time I got busted and now have to go to a speed awareness course later on today. Or perhaps you're using public transport more. Forecourt sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. Our fuel correspondent, Justin Dealey, has been finding out what impact the high cost of petrol is having on you. Now, Justin, you drive mm. like a lunatic, don't you? So you must have really huge... <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Who's been caught speeding recently? Yes, you I, or me? Who, who's not been caught speeding, I think, is more the appropriate question, Justin. Yes, mm. I am going on a speed awareness course this afternoon. Mm. I'm looking forward to doing my bit for Queen and Country. Yes, I'm sure you are. Uh, me driving like a lunatic, outrageous. But so, in the first hour, we heard how people are definitely cutting back because of the price of petrol. Some people now, they don't see their family as much because of that cost. I've been getting some more views in the last 30 minutes or so, and this is what happened. Now, Pat, very sadly, you don't see your two sons as much now because of the price of fuel. Can you tell us more about that? Well, I think in this day and age, budgets are squeezed and the price of fuel has gone through the roof and they really have to think about, you know, doing extra journeys or doing frequent journeys. So... Yeah, they think twice about coming so regularly because uh, they just can't afford to do it. It's very, very sad because clearly you must miss your two sons. Well, it does have an effect on the family um, and I do miss seeing them quite so regularly. Um, And it's it's sad, but I'm sure there's lots of families in the same position. They're all having to rethink what they do in order to save some pennies and just survive, really, in this tough climate. Now, sir, you're a bus driver. Have you noticed more and more people saying to you, I'm now catching the bus because I can't afford to, to run my car anymore? Well, the price of petrol and diesel is per gallon now. A lot of people are catching the bus because it's cheaper for them, more economical. 
catch the bus now. And with the bus service, it is, it's reasonably reliable now. Way things are going, yeah, there's a lot more people catching the bus. But you've definitely noticed that increase and people even saying to you, I've given up my car because I can't afford it. Oh, a lot of people have given up their car, a lot of people have said they've given up their car because it's with insurance, road tax, and fuel, it is cheaper now to catch the bus. And a word here with Richard. Richard, you gave up your car 10 years ago because of the price of petrol. So if you were driving now, how do you think you might feel with the prices we're currently seeing? Well, I think it would encourage me to uh, get out of my car and get on the bus because it's so much cheaper if you take into account insurance and the cost of running a car. Um, to me, uh, it doesn't make sense. Now, Carmen, you actually gave up your car last September because of the prices. You just couldn't take it anymore. No, I can't. Not the wages that I'm earning. The wear and tear of the car, it costs a lot of money, the tax and everything. The petrol's going up extremely. I might as well just get a bus or a train. So it's cheaper for you to do that rather in than run your car? In the long run, it's cheaper going by train. We've heard all sorts of stories this morning about how the price of petrol is affecting people. Do you think something now really has got to be done? It's come down a bit recently, but something's got to be done because it's really affecting people's lives now. Well, when I think it takes me three hours to get to work in the morning, <laughs> yes, if the petrol was a little bit cheaper, then I would use the car. I'm assuming, Justin, that no one said, oh, you know, petrol's fine. Oh, no, it's fine. No, not one person. Not one person at all. I mean, it's quite interesting. I've been in Luton for, what, about an hour and a half now. I've spoken to three people who, who don't see their children as much because of the price of fuel. You know, going back a couple of years ago, they may have made that journey, what, twice a week. Now it's probably once every... every Every two weeks, so people aren't seeing their family as much because of the price of petrol. And you're right, Ian. Not one person has said to me the price of fuel. It's great. You're not going to find that anywhere, I'm afraid. Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. Well, Peter Carroll is from the Fair Fuel UK campaign. Morning, Peter. Good morning. It, why are four court sales down? Is it simply the price of petrol? Well, I think it's partly the price of petrol that's driving down the sales because people can't afford it. And it's also the fact that we're going through a terrible economic recession. And one of our main arguments to the government is that part of the reason we're in recession is because people literally can't move around enough. So the high cost of petrol and diesel is actually carrying on or helping to perpetuate the recession, which we need to end. That's why the Chancellor should cut the tax on petrol and diesel to get the economy going. He's never going to do that, though, is he? Well, I think he is, because if you go back only two years to his first budget in April 2011, yeah. he was facing a 5p a litre increase that he'd inherited from the previous government. He scrapped that rise, and he did actually cut by 1p. Now, mm. 1p is a tiny amount, but it proves that when he's got the will to do it, he can do it. And we've done research, presented it to the Treasury, which proves if you cut fuel duty, you stimulate the economy, and that you get the money back you think you've lost on the fuel duty, because you can get tax then on the economic growth. And what do they say when, when you go up to the Treasury and go, look, we've got this evidence, if you cut fuel duty, you'll sell more petrol and make more money. What do, what do they say? Well, it's very interesting. Uh, about six months ago, we had a meeting with the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, that's number two, Danny Alexander. He's number two to George Osborne. Mm. And three of his most senior officials lasted an hour. And they listened to our research, they've taken it, and it's taken months to get a formal response. But I understand there's a letter on my desk at home, Ooh. which is going to say they're going to ask us back in to go through the evidence again. So I think the door is open, and we're not going to give in. The one good thing we've achieved over the last two years as Fairfield UK is that every single 
proposed rise in fuel duty has either been scrapped or postponed, and that adds up, be you ready for this, mm. to 13p a litre's worth. Wow, wow. That's how much they were going to put it up by. <sighs> See, that, and that's all been done, Ian, because of people, like the motorists and business people you were just talking to, getting on board with us, so we've got a massive voice, a very powerful voice in power. It is incredibly, incredibly, so listen, I'm doing all right. I'm not, I'm not, uh, not earning TV money like I used to, I'm not as, you know, but I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm having to rethink about how I use my car and when I use my car. It, it is hitting everybody, isn't it? Yes, we do surveys on our fairfieluk.com website. The last one we did, 30,000 people responded. And if you look at everybody, people in work, pensioners, young people, disabled people, business people, private motorists, they're all saying our life is being ground down because we can't afford to move. If we think about it, Ian, it's probably about, what, £85 to fill up a typical family car? Mm. If someone's earning 400 quid a week, how on earth are they going to make that work for them? I I wince every time I, I, I fill up. Why have we not seen any of the protests that we saw... Well, it's quite a few years ago now, when there was no petrol and, and there were blockades and, and slow drives. Why is that not happening? Well, that was back in 2000. I remember it well at that time. Was it I was 2000? Small, wow. Yes. Yeah, I was a road haulage operator with about 15 lorries and we actually ran out of fuel. But there's two reasons why it's not happening. The first reason is that the government is very organised now. It was caught on the hop in 2000 when the farmers and a few road hauliers blockaded or threatened to blockade refineries. That actually stopped the flow of fuel. Now there's pipelines out of those refineries to different places across the country. There's huge buffer stocks. So the government's kind of prepared for it. And second, the government um, and the agencies that it has, the people who license road hauliers are all saying, you know, if you do that, we might not renew your uh, certificate to operate. So there's a little bit of... um, not heavy-handed, but a bit of, uh, what's the word, influencing people. Influence. I think, Ian, the last reason, I think, is if we got to that point, the people who suffer the most are the people who need the fuel the most, and it would actually cause a lot of suffering. The right way to do this, as we've proved with Fair Fuel UK, is get into Parliament, get into the Treasury, and give them the evidence and the massive public opinion to say, come on, cut it, cut it for growth, because you won't suffer and the economy will revive. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Peter Carroll from Fair Fuel UK. Well, have you changed your driving habits because of the, the price of petrol? I know I have. 08459 455 555. There is a vague car theme this morning. Yes, I'm, I'll be honest. I got busted speeding, and rightfully so, I was sent a letter. Luckily on that letter, it gave me the option to go to a speed awareness course, which I'm going to be doing later on this afternoon, although I'm very nervous. Trevor's in Radlett. Trevor, have you been on one of these speed awareness courses? Morning. Morning. Yeah, I have, yeah. What what was it like? I'm I'm quite nervous about it. It it was okay. It it depends where you go, who's doing it, but um, you will meet some colourful characters there. It was, um, I was amazed at the amount of um, times people have been caught speeding that were there. And you're like, how are you still driving? They're bad habits. What, what, what kind of... Were they naughty people? What do you mean, characters? Well, no, well, there are some quite colourful characters. There was there was one woman there quite... Um, mm, quite hippie-ish. And I think she'd, she'd been stopped. I think she'd been done for speeding about 14 times. Wow. And I go, how do you still get a licence? And how have you managed to get on this course after being stopped that many times? And she was so blazing about it. And the thing is, she was caught with the same camera every time. Really? Yeah. Oh man, what's what speed were you doing, Trevor, to get your your uh, your course? Thirty-four. Ooh, thirty-four. Yeah. In, in yeah, a thirty, I'm hoping, not in a twenty. Yeah, yes. I was, yeah, I was com- fully loaded coming down a hill and um, just let the brake off a bit and just run over. 
And I'm guessing that everybody is there, not because they want to better themselves or improve their driving. It's because they want to dodge the three points, isn't it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, it that's it what it's all about. But <laughs> do, they do, do they do sandwiches there? Is there a canteen? No, but there oh. was. Uh, ours was done at um, a hotel, so there was oh. um, quite nice coffee laid on. So that was, that was quite handy. Oh, I shall have a bit of that. Thank you, Trevor. It's cost me 90 quid, this course. There better be something there. <laughs> there, there better be snacks. Thank you, Trevor. 08459 455 555. He makes it sound like it's going to be quite good fun there might have a bit of a laugh i don't really want to talk to people i don't want to talk to characters i do that for a living the thought of talking to characters in my free time when i'm not being paid oh no no thank you if i'm not wearing headphones and doing it into a microphone i'm not interested really oh eight four five nine four double five five double five here's the travel news now with brooke burford Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the worst of the congestion this morning is in Bricketwood, with heavy traffic on the North Orbital Road at the roundabout for the M25. It's also slow on my cameras on the same road heading north at the Park Street roundabout, and traffic is just about moving in Enfield on the A10 Great Cambridge Road. That's heavy between Balsmore Lane heading into town all the way to Southbury Road. I've checked the trains and no reports of any problems. Brooke Burford, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Morning, it's 7.45, it's Friday the 5th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man receiving treatment at Bedford Hospital doesn't know how he ended up with a three-inch deep wound in his lower back. He's still looking for an explanation three years on. Some people living in Turvey say the new signs which welcome drivers to Milton Keynes are misleading because they're at just outside the village. In sport, there were wins for Tottenham and Chelsea in the Europa League last night, but Newcastle lost 3-1. Coming up, how much do you remember about your dreams? Using brain scans, researchers in Japan have been able to predict the visual images that people see as they sleep. We'll find out more about it before 8 o'clock, but before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's going to be quite a cloudy morning. We may just see the odd light wintry flurry in places, still feeling cold in that northeasterly wind. And we'll be keeping that for the rest of the day today, but not too much longer after that. That's the good news. Now, I think it should be a drier afternoon. Certainly many places will stay dry for the rest of the day. I think we're most likely to see those wintry flurries this morning over parts of Hertfordshire than anywhere else, really. Um, but then into the afternoon, drier just about everywhere and also turning a bit brighter as well from the north so places like Bedford Milton Keynes well placed to get a bit of brightness and sunshine a bit later on and uh, and also temperatures where we do get the brightness and sunshine creeping up slowly to 7 degrees Celsius 45 in Fahrenheit I tell you what though with the wind chill it's not going to feel like that but there is some good news on the way into this evening and overnight it is going to feel really quite cold now we'll see the northeasterly wind finally take off and, and move somewhere else <laughs> um, because the winds are going to fall much much lighter tonight it's going to allow for a widespread frost into tomorrow morning and we'll see lots of clear spells as well so lows of minus two degrees celsius so a bit of a nippy start to the day tomorrow but it should be quite a nice day also sunday we'll see some um sunny spells around decent spells of sunshine particularly through the morning lots of brightness around just a bit more cloud developing into the afternoons but for once we haven't got that northeasterly wind so it's actually going to feel as if um as if it is sort of nine 
10 degrees Celsius. Yes, we might even scrape double figures tomorrow and on Sunday, which would certainly be good news. Um, so it's going to start to feel more spring-like at the weekend. Unfortunately, into next week, it will turn quite wet and windy at times. It's likely to feel colder as well. That's the forecast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it uh, back to the, the garage. The mechanic says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Going on a speed awareness course today. I've been naughty and I've been caught and rightfully so I'm being punished. I'm a little bit worried about it though. Richard's in Winslow. Good morning, Richard. Yeah, well, morning, Ian. Good luck to you today, anyway. I hope you're going to tell us all about it next week. I did one about six years ago, and um, we were all assembled um, in the room beforehand, like naughty schoolboys about to do detention, sniggering and smirking. But when we went in there, the guy made it pretty clear that um, we were there expected to take it seriously. Mm. If we didn't and show a change of attitude, then it is possible that they could come after us and do us for the three points. And at the end, they, um, you fill out a questionnaire about things you've learned and um, then you say will you change your behaviour and um, I must admit it did make me change my behaviour because I went out and I got a speed thing and stuck it on a dashboard you did what? Yeah, one of those things, radar things, that tell you where the speed cameras come Oh, so you got one of those those the dashboard angels, whatever they're called, that, that beeps every time a speed camera really comes good, up. Really good, really good That one even burbles when that copper jumps out with a, with a, hand, with so, a handheld job. So hang on a minute, you went on this speed awareness course, Richard, oh. to learn to be a better driver, and all it did was teach you, you don't to... learn to be a better driver, because that's not what it's about. The course is there to bang you over the head with the same old cudgel about speed. I mean, I'm surprised they don't go back to insisting you have a man in front of the car with the red flag like they used to do. So you still you still speed? No, I, I have a much quieter lifestyle now and I drive yeah. a, a more sedate old car. I was working at the time. Yes. Um, but th- it's all about speeding, but that's not what causes trouble on the road. So-called accidents occur because people do not pay attention to what they're doing. I mean, you don't see someone in front of you thinking, oh, there's a target, I'll speed up a 40 and bang them. No, no, I'll slow down to 30, it won't hurt them so much. I don't think I should be talking to you before I go on this course. You're planting seeds of naughtiness in my head. No, no, head. no, don't be naughty on it, whatever you do, pretend to take it seriously. But do, do let us all know on, on Monday or whenever it is. Hang on a minute. Tom. I've just worked out who you are. Richard. Didn't yeah. I, haven't I banned you from calling in? No, you, you like me. Yeah, he's good. I, I banned him. How did he sneak through the system? For goodness sakes. Ollie, pay more attention. Can we not flag up his number? I, I, I thought I recognised that voice. It's the fellow that I ban seemingly every week. We'll have to tighten our security on this. Trust me. <clears throat> now, uh, Ellie from Luton has texted him. I went on a speed awareness course in Luton last week. It does what it says on the tin. It's an awareness course. Very informative and interactive, and at times humorous. Oh, we haven't... This is why I don't have a proper job. We haven't got to do that thing where we have to do, like, role-play, have we? Is it going to be role-play? Are they going to get, like, two of us up to do a role-play where one of us is is driving a car and one of us is a police officer? Oh, no. You're not treated like naughty speed demons. Quite the opposite, in fact. The four hours went very quick, but take a drink with you. The hotel I went to is charging a wicked £2.90 for a small paper cup of coffee. Ellie from Luton, thank you very much. Indeed. And yes, I will be banging on about this on Monday, don't you worry. Uh, On the subject 
of uh, has the increase in fuel costs change your driving keith says i need my car for work it's a hundred miles around trip a day but the company pays me 49 pence a mile to travel to work when i'm off i try to use buses and my travel perks on the trains to visit relations and going on holiday i i have to drive uh, to and from work because the time i'm coming in silly o'clock uh, can't get um public transport so i'm driving in and it is a fortune and i wince every time i fill up my car it does hurt. And listen, as I said, I'm doing all right, OK? I'm, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much indeed. But everybody is struggling, aren't they? How is it affecting you? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Are you changing your driving habits? The report from Justin earlier on was incredible. He was speaking to people who are seeing their family less because they can't afford the petrol anymore. I know for a fact, in fact, thinking on this, my sister um, had to plan when she was going to go and visit my mum. They couldn't afford to fill the cart with petrol. So they couldn't go and visit my mum one weekend. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me uh, a call on that. And also, the other thing that you're getting quite angry about on Facebook, and we do like it when you get angry on Facebook. Play nice. Don't be, you know, n- n- no nastiness. No swears. Don't be rude. But uh, at the Facebook page, people are getting very upset about these uh, these Milton Keynes signs that have been placed 13 miles away from Milton Keynes town centre. Got in trouble for calling it a new city the other day. Um, we've spoke to a councillor. It's because it's the borough. But Darren says, truly awful and in the wrong place. Could this be a sign of Milton Keynes' intention to swallow up all the surrounding villages? Lynn says, people need to be aware Milton Keynes is a county, and this sign should have mentioned it. We need to advertise and be recognised as a county. And Val says, I think they have admitted to say 13 miles from the city centre. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Have a little look. What do you think? £1,000 a sign, 16 signs, 16 grand. Could it have been spent better? Now, dreams. I love dreams. I love it. I love having dreams. I don't like hearing anybody else's dreams. Other people's dreams are always very boring, which is why we're not doing the phone in with your dreams story. Using brain scans, researchers in Japan have been able to predict the visual images that people see as they sleep. The first step towards being able to read dreams and help those who suffer nightmares. The study is published in the journal Science. Well, Mary Stokes, uh, Mark Stokes, I do apologise, Mark Stokes, how rude, is a cognitive neuroscientist based at the Oxford Centre for Human Brain Activity. I do apologise, Mark, I'm, I'm changing your gender there for the purpose of this what more can you tell us about this study so basically uh, uh, this study conducted in japan was looking at the kinds of uh, visual representations associated with dreaming states so they used fmri or uh, uh, magnetic resonance imaging uh, to to measure changes in uh, brain activity uh, during sleep and match that those two uh, uh, patterns of brain activity associated with uh, s- actually seeing the kinds of uh, visual scenes associated with those dreams and then trying to match those two uh, different states up so in my head mark i have uh, i've kind of got a video drone image in my head where japanese scientists have have can basically they've connected a television to someone's head it's not quite like that then no not quite though so 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 if if i'm dreaming of for example um a house or i don't know Mm -hmm. a nudie lady would Mm -hmm. they be able to can they see can they interpret my uh, mental uh electronic pulses into those images how how much can they see 
So, so this is the idea, but but I mean, uh, it, it's still at a very uh, sort of preliminary stage, a very coarse level analysis. I mean, uh, basically, what they have to do first is they have to understand uh, the patterns of brain activity in in each individual. So mm. everyone's brain is different, and uh, uh, you know y- there are some systematic things across subjects and so on. But but uh, when you get to the really uh, fine level kinds of discriminations, it, it, it will be idiosyncratic uh, within subject. So you have to then really uh, understand uh, the the patterns of brain activity associated with each particular state. Right. Uh, and, and so you have to you know, do some extensive uh, uh, um, uh, analysis first to, to to work that out, and then go back. And look at the dreams, and then try to work out which state was was uh, was active and, and, and what's the probability. How significant is this development, Mark? Well, I think it, it is a significant development in terms of just understanding better how the the brain generates internal representations. I think uh, uh, the, the the key to this research is trying to uh, uh, get at uh, these 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 kinds of uh, subjective states that are internally generated. They're not generated by external stimuli, stuff coming through the eyes, and so on. People are asleep. They're they're just uh, creating these images themselves. Understanding how uh, what kind of representational structure is associated with those kinds of uh, 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 subjective states and you can uh, compare them directly to uh, what, what happens during the waking state uh, when people are actually seeing these things properly and is, and is, the, is the, 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 the theory that at some point in the future then that the scientists could possibly help people who suffer from from bad nightmares yeah, well, I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, uh, the direct link of that. I mean, I think that would be uh, uh, some way down the track. Um, I think at this stage, it's really uh, more about understanding how the brain uh, it really internally generates mm. these kinds of representations. And it has it has uh, more closely uh, uh, um, direct applications for things like understanding how long-term memories are encoded and so on, which is thought to happen during dreams and during uh, when you reactivate experiences from, uh, uh, from uh, the past. Mark, thank you very much indeed. This is Mark Stokes, Cognitive Neuroscience based at the Oxford Centre for Human Brain Activity. So it isn't the Videodrome. In fact, Videodrome was where they put a VHS cassette in a gentleman's stomach, I think. But but they're not going to be um, see the uh, murky things that go on in my mind at night. Good. That's a relief. I do love a good dream. I'm a very vivid dreamer. I had an amazing... I was half awake last night, but asleep. And I looked out of my window and I saw a fantastic golden arch. I know. See, now that's... I, I did. There's a golden arch outside my house. Now, that's interesting to me, but to you, boring. And that's the thing, isn't it? When people come in, Kelly Betts, who often works on this show, comes in and goes, I had an amazing dream last night, and then will proceed to tell us the dream in great detail. I tell you now, other people's dreams are really boring. However fantastical they are to that person, when you hear another person's dream, you're like, yeah, I know. It's a dream. Like, yeah, so what? So what you met? Richard Nixon on a magic carpet while smoking a hookah pipe. It, does, it, it, it means nothing to other people. So please do not call in and tell me your dreams. I'm simply not interested. Call in about the other stuff. Keen to get your thoughts on that. Just dreams? No, no. Here's the travel with Brooke. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 Great North Road is starting to pick up towards Sandy at the Black Cat roundabout. There's also uh, traffic is struggling on the North Orbital Road in Bricketwood at the roundabout for the M25. Traffic is moving slowly in Enfield. The A10 Great Cambridge Road is busy between Balsmore Lane heading into town to Southbury Road. And the M1 has one lane closed southbound between Junction 2 at the Five Ways Corner to Junction 1 at Staples Corner because of a breakdown. But I've looked at my cameras and traffic is coping well around that at the moment. On the trains, there are 15-minute delays now 
now on East Coast trains through Stevenage and First Capital Connect trains through Letchworth Garden City because of a signalling problem. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. Coming up in the next hour of the show, more on these signs, these Milton Keynes signs that are 13 miles away from the town. They're being billed as, well, they're in the borough. That's good enough, isn't it? And also, if you missed uh, the last hour, the incredible story of the gentleman who went to hospital, Bedford Hospital, three years ago for his epilepsy. He woke up, he had a three-inch stab wound in him. No one knows where it came from. All that and more after the news with Serena. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Bedford man gets mysterious wound whilst in hospital. Residents say they don't want signs in their village and petrol sales drop. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man still wants answers three years after he discovered a three-inch deep wound in his lower back whilst at Bedford Hospital. The hospital acknowledges it happened in A&D after Keith Thompson from Shefford was admitted for complications to his epilepsy. But he's since suffered. I haven't got over the depression and the stress even now after all this time. It's caused a lot of problems family-wise. I actually split my wife up two or three times because of the arguments and things we've had because I haven't been able to let things drop. Well, in a statement, Bedford Hospital apologises for the distress caused. It says a thorough investigation proved inconclusive. As a result, the Trust doesn't consider it can do anything more and the matter's now closed. Turning to other news, and some people living in Turvey say new signs just outside the village which welcome drivers to Milton Keynes are misleading. The signs on the A428, which mark the Milton Keynes borough boundary, are 13 miles away from the new city. Robert Chapman lives there. I think they're too modern. They're not in keeping with, with the area. I suppose Milton Keynes must be, what, 12 miles away, 10, 12 miles away um, for people coming to Milton Keynes. And it's, it's not Milton Keynes, really. Conservative councillor John Bint is from the council who's in charge of transport and highways there. He explains why they've been put up. The signs are on the boundary of Milton Keynes, which is a borough and a county, and it's traditional to have signs welcoming uh, motorists and and road users as they come in through uh, the boundary of a local authority. Now, many people in Luton who BBC Three Counties Radio have been speaking to say they simply can't afford to run their cars because of the rising costs in fuel. A figure show full court sales of petrol have fallen by a quarter in the past five years alone. It's had a knock-on effect on Pat, who now doesn't really see her two sons. In this day and age, budgets are squeezed and they really have to think about doing extra journeys or doing frequent journeys. So, yeah, they think twice about coming so regularly because uh, they I just can't afford to do it. Well, it does have a, an effect on the family, and it's, it's sad. Children's heart surgery is to resume at Leeds General Infirmary after days of uncertainty about its future. The NHS says services will restart once assurances have been given that they're safe. And scientists in Japan have done it again. This time they've found a way to read dreams. Researchers used MRI scans to note different patterns of brain activity as people slept. They're able to work out what they were seeing and were even 60% right most of the time. Sport then and Tottenham drew two all with FC Basel in the first leg of their Europa League quarter-final last night. Meanwhile, it was victory for Chelsea, but Newcastle lost 3-1. And we're going to see more of those wintry showers on the way, but brighter and sunnier come the afternoon. Temperatures reaching 8 degrees Celsius, a little bit warmer than yesterday then. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. 
suddenly it's just gone eight o'clock, three minutes past eight, to be precise, on a Friday. Wonderful. The weekend, the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Who was that? Was that Neil Sedaka? John Denver? No, it was R. Kelly. Of course it was. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show before JVS at nine, including just this incredible story that uh, has fascinated me all morning. Imagine you went into hospital to be treated for complications to epilepsy, only to receive a three-inch deep wound to your lower back. Well, that's exactly what happened to a Shefford man. I'll be speaking to a clinical, clinical negligence lawyer to see if there's anything they could have done. Also, have you seen the new signs which say, Welcome to Milton Keynes? Some of them have been placed 13 miles from the city centre. Lavender man Norman Kitchener is furious about it. Well, there's 16 of them, £1,000 each, 16 grand. Do you think they're misleading? Have a look at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. And it's Friday, music time. Rockabilly country, yes please, the zip heads will be in before nine o'clock. If you want to get in touch, you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is still seeking answers three years on after receiving a three-inch deep wound in his lower back at Bedford Hospital. The hospital acknowledged it happened in A&E after Keith Thompson from Shefford was admitted for complications to his epilepsy. He's since suffered from depression and the agony of not knowing what happened to him. Our reporter Tony Fisher has been speaking to Keith and his wife Pam. He has epilepsy. And after so many seizures, I have to call an ambulance um, so they can control it, really. But once he's like that, he's just sleeping. So, But they can monitor him while he's in there. Mm-hmm. And he gets taken into A&E. I got a phone call on the Saturday morning to say they were taking him down to theatre. And I said, why is he going down to theatre? And they said, we found a large hole. We don't know why, what or what's caused it. A large hole? A large hole, yeah. Where? Well, what they said was internal. And I thought, how do you know there's an internal hole? So anyway, what they actually said to me, oh, it could be a life or death situation. Oh, yeah. And I thought, what? So immediately... I phoned Keith's sister. He'd only gone in to monitor his seizures. Yes, yeah. Um, It wasn't till the Sunday night. Keith was on the ward and we found, I don't know if she was a matron or what. Um, We said, well, what's actually happened? And she said, well, he's actually received a 10 centimetre wound to the kind of... At the bottom of his spine, at the top mm. of his buttock. And it wasn't a scratch that went that way. It wasn't. It went inwards. So 10, ten centimetres inside him. In went, yeah, 10 centimetres. Which well, like think, as if someone had plunged a knife yeah, into him. Yeah, yeah. so I think that's about... It's about three and a half inches, yeah. I think. So it must have been a sharp object. Oh, yeah, yes. Basically, we got told all conflicting stories. And you were told that he was w- w- wandering down the walk corridor with a blood dripping behind one, him. One nurse said that one minute he was OK, the next minute they turned around and the bed was full of blood. Another one said 
they saw him walking down the corridor with a trail of blood and another one said he climbed over the cot rails and impaled himself on a drip stand and we also and Keith you don't you don't know what you no, did you, no, you can't no, remember I've got no idea it's totally blank I think that's what dragged him down a lot the fact of not knowing what somebody did to you the police obviously they investigated but there's not oh, no cameras in A&E only on the doorways and so what is what is the effect been Keith on you oh. since this 2009 well to start with that totally dragged him down as you can imagine I mean it's the not knowing what happened to you the pain I was in a lot of pain and also what I can't understand is that the fact that they even had uh, a letter from the matron who signed it that I don't seem to have taken that into consideration and that letter basically acknowledged that you had received this wound in the yeah, NE. and that I didn't have the wound when I was admitted to the hospital. Why would she sign it to say that I didn't have a wound and they're not taking it in seriously? Well, listening to that is Carol Watts, clinical neg- negligence... Oh, why can't I say that word this morning? A clinical negligence lawyer from local law firm Picton's. Picton's. Morning, Carol. Oh, good morning. Uh, now, a case like this, I'm imagining, is very unusual, isn't it? Yes, it's extremely unusual for this um, injury to happen. What kind of things... If someone comes to you with, with, with an incident, the mysterious incident like this that, that has happened in a hospital, what kind of things would you be looking for? Um, well, what we would do is obviously take all all the details from the client about what happened when they were in hospital and we'd need to examine the medical records very carefully to find out um, precisely what happened and what's recorded in the notes whilst the person has been in hospital. It would seem in this instance that that very little was, was recorded. But where would you go from there? Um, I haven't seen the notes, but um, we would, I think, from carefully examining the notes, we would be able to establish what happened. But if there are, if if in, if um, there's no evidence in the notes about what happened, then we'd have to take very detailed um, statement from the client because obviously the client's evidence is very important in relation to an incident like mm. this that's occurred. And then what would have happened? How would have, I mean? This has been slightly different, and we'll, we'll come on to what's happened with their case in a minute. But then what would the progression be? Well, what we would do is we'd um, examine the medical records, take a detailed statement from the um, injured person, and then we would need to obtain an expert opinion to advise us whether there has been any negligence in the case. And if there has, we can then proceed with the claim. Mm. The hospital haven't said sorry. Is that because that would then imply that there's some sort of guilt? No, it doesn't imply guilt because um, the complaints process is there to enable um, clients to obtain an explanation as to what's happened to them and to address any concerns they have. Now, it's um, possible for the hospital to apologise and also they can actually accept the complaints made mm. by the by the client and um, can apologise, but that's not an admission of negligence. Now, this happened over three years ago, so th- th- and, and that's too long for them to pursue it now, isn't it? Is that right? Yes. Um, the usual time limit for bringing a claim in most cases is three years from the date of an injury or knowledge that you've suffered an injury. Now, there can be some circumstances when you can bring a late claim, but that's actually extremely difficult 
and and starting this month, it, it, it's going to be harder, isn't it, to get legal aid? Well, for legal like aid, this. yes, legal aid won't be available for a case like this, and and the changes came in from the first of April this year. So, how would would, would someone like uh, uh, Keith and Pam? pursue this if they couldn't afford it i guess they wouldn't be able to would they well no it's still possible because right. funding is still available um prior to um april um we had uh, what it's called no win no fee mm. um and that's still available from the first of april it's it, the rules have changed so it's it's um different um now with, with the funding has changed from the first of april but no window fees are still available so there's still funding for people to bring this type of claim what kind of uh, uh, clinical negligence claims do you see what what what, what kind of thing pe- what kind of people come into your office we see a full range yeah. um you know anything from any type of clinical negligence claim um we we deal with so we we see you know delays in treatment delays in diagnosis you know operations that might have actually mm. caused complications which shouldn't have arisen so it's, it's a, we see a variety of cases mm. and you know obviously what we would do is um if somebody comes to us we would will um, take the details and assess their claim and advise them as to whether we feel it's a case we can take on and we do give an honest opinion mm. and i think that's what you'd expect from sort of specialist clinical negligence solicitors i know you don't know the full yeah. story but from what you've heard about this man wakes up in hospital with mysterious three-inch wound just above his backside uh, is that the kind of case you think you would have taken on um um it is possibly mm. something we would have considered because um obviously this is a very serious incident mm. a very serious injury and um it was something that possibly we could have looked at at the time if someone is unhappy with what's happened to them in a hospital what would your advice be my advice is to seek um, advice from a specialist clinical negligence solicitor and details of specialists can be um, found from the law society so don't just go to joe blog solicitors on the high street i would recommend a specialist clinical negligence lawyer and also to seek advice at the earliest opportunity Mm. Well, that's the the problem they had here. Is it, it would yes. appear that things dragged on perhaps a little yes. bit too much, and they're now out of that yes. uh, window. And I'm guessing as well that, that, that uh, this story in particular is, I just find fascinating. And we spoke to to Keith and Pam earlier on the show. Three years later, they're still physically and mentally affected by what's going on. Yes, and I, you know I have every sympathy for Mr. Thompson. You know this is a very serious in- injury, and I think the fact that there's been no explanation from the hospital as to how this happened whilst he was under the care of the hospital is obviously compounding his distress mm. caused by the incident. Because actually, it's very hard for, to understand how this could happen. Carol, thank you very much for coming in. You do superb stuff. You're not billing us for this, are you? No. Is this a freebie? Yes, it's a freebie. Excellent stuff. Carol Watts, clinical negligence lawyer from local law firm Pictons. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Brooke Burford. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. In Enfield, the A10 Great Cambridge Road, that's heavy between Balsmore Lane heading into town to Southbury Road. It's also struggling on the North Orbital Road this morning in Bricketwood. There's a queue of traffic at the roundabout for the M25. The A1 Great North Road, I've got that up on my cameras at the moment. It's quite congested at the Black Cat roundabout heading towards Sandy. And on the trains, there are now 20-minute delays possible on East Coast services between Peterborough to King's Cross because of signalling problems. And it's also affecting First Capital Connect where they're experiencing up to 25-minute 
delays between Letchworth Garden City into King's Cross. Brooke Burford, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.15, it's Friday the 5th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is looking for an explanation after ending up with a three-inch deep wound in his lower back whilst at Bedford Hospital. Many people in Luton say they, they see their family less as they can't afford the travelling costs due to the rising price of fuel. And in sport, Gareth Bale will have a scan today on the ankle injury he suffered in Tottenham's two-all draw with FC Basel last night. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, wintry showers across many areas. Some bright or sunny intervals developing, although the cold breeze will continue. Maximum temperature is 8 degrees. Coming up, £16,000 has been spent on signs saying welcome to Milton Keynes. The problem is, some of them are 13 miles from the centre of MK. We'll get more of your reaction to this before 8.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. This afternoon I'm taking my programme out of the studio and I'll be broadcasting live from Lily. Nick Coffer. I'll be trying out some rare meats from a local farm. Figuring out how to play bridge properly and I'm going to have a go at playing lacrosse on the green. Nick Coffer. There'll also be local musicians, local authors and lots of local stories. Nick Coffer. Live from Lily today from 12. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, £16,000 has been spent on signs saying, Welcome to Milton Keynes. It was nice. The problem is, some of them, 13 miles from the centre of Milton Keynes. Norman Kitchener from Lavenden told us about them. He says it's a waste of money to have signs in the surrounding villages. When I was coming home the other week, I got to the boundary at Northampton. It says, Welcome to Milton Keynes. Then I drive through to Turvey, through Lavenden to Turvey. The road again is a disgrace. takes ages to get things done. And I get to Turvey and it says, thank you for visiting Milton Keynes. And when you come back, the same. What a total waste of money. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. When you saw, and it's miles from Milton Keynes, the, from the city centre. 12, 13 miles away. When you saw these signs, what, what, do you think they've been put there by mistake? What was your reaction? Well, I'll just wonder what numpty on the council sort of um, allowed this to happen when we were trying to save money and need money to spend money on the roads. Now, you, I'm, I'm guessing from what you're saying that you would rather that the, the money that had been spent on these signs had been spent on something like fixing potholes or making the roads a bit better. Oh, quite. Oh, yeah, it, it does. The roads are a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Well, earlier on, I spoke to Conservative councillor John Bint from MK Council. I asked him if these signs are a waste of money. No, I don't think it's a waste of money at all. I think, as I say, it's, it's traditional to welcome people when you come into the, the borough or the county area to know the place that you have arrived at. But, so, the, but people... You, you, are, you are a long way from city, but you yep. are within Milton Keynes, the place. How much do the signs cost? We're incredibly cost? proud. Of, um, they cost slightly under £1,000 each. Ooh. And if you, if you work wow. on the, uh, the lifespan of the previous ones, that works out as under 15 pence per sign per day. How many signs have you put up? About 16 of them on the principal roads into Milton Keynes. £16,000 worth of signs, 13 miles away from the city centre. There are people, including callers to this show, who think that in times of austerity, having up a sign that could be perceived as misleading is a complete waste of money. No, this isn't. This is, this is, this is welcoming people to Milton Keynes 
Every other authority does the same thing at all those points where people have said, well, why are we welcoming people to Milton Keynes? If you face the other way on the road, you will find that there is a similar sign uh, describing the fact that that's the boundary of Northamptonshire or Buckinghamshire or whatever. Um, so it's entirely appropriate, very traditional. Lots of you have been commenting on the Facebook page and tweeting about this. I will do your comments very, very shortly. Don't panic. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Go and have a little look and um, do your comments. And I'll read um, Jane, Lynn, Shirley, Sunita, Rod, Mary. I'll read yours and others out into it. But before that, I'd forgotten you, my darling. You had. You'd completely forgotten me. Oh, you actually sound like a very stern headmaster. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is normally <laughs> normally bursts into my studio, full of life, doing a little Nick Coffer dance to the, the music. You didn't do that because you are uh, elsewhere in the world. And uh, so I, I, I forgot about you, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that, Jonathan. What's a Nick Coffer dance? I had no idea I was doing this. Well, I don't mean, I don't mean in the style of Nick Coffer. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I mean, just as the Nick Coffer trail plays, the jaunty music, which I love, I'm going to have in my ringtone, you do a little kind of twirly gig to it. Yes. Well, yes. I've been doing a twirly gig here, but you're ignoring me. I know, I know. I, I tell you what I'm trying to do. It's the equivalent of sending you to the naughty step. <laughs> you're, you're officially on the naughty step, and I was just ah. giving you a bit of the silent treatment, Jonathan, so you would maybe come down a peg or two. Oh, thanks very much. Right, it's just what I need today. You're right, you sound like you're in a cardboard box. Do I, do I really? <laughs> well, I'm coming from here for the next, for the next three hours. Oh, dear. It's actually, it's a, it's a beautiful studio. I'm coming to you from Manchester. Oh, Manchester, and England, England, yes. This, this studio is, uh, well, it's bigger than the one at Three Counties. It's not a box, it's huge. Wow, the ones at Three Counties are quite uh, cavernous. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a big one, is it? I, I'm going to treat a picture from my window as well. I'm, a, I'm overlooking a, a river. Are you sure it's a river? Hello? There's people rowing on it. <laughs> Jonathan, I, I, I miss you dearly, um, but uh, it, it's good for us to spend some time apart. Absence makes the heart grow and all of that. What's true. coming up on your show this morning? On the big phone in this morning at nine, does the Philpot tragedy make a case for limiting child benefit? Mick Philpot, the man who started a fire which killed six children at his family home in Derby, is beginning a life sentence. His wife, Maraid Philpot, and their friend Paul Mosley were both sentenced to 17 years for their help in the plot. During their trial, lurid details about Mick Philpott's complex lifestyle were laid bare, and yesterday the Chancellor, George Osborne, said questions should be asked about why the welfare state was subsidising all this. The Independent says his comments suggest Mr Osborne has some sympathy for a controversial proposal by Ian Duncan Smith, the Work and Pension Secretary, to limit state handouts such as child benefit to the first two children. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your view. Does the Philpot tragedy make a case for limiting child benefit? 08459 455 555 is the usual telephone number. I want to hear from you at nine o'clock on this morning's big phone in. Excellent stuff, Jonathan. I, I, will I see you on Monday? Yes, of course you will. Good lad. All tanned. <laughs> that won't be tanned, that'll be dirt. <laughs> see you later on. Ta ta. Thank you. Across beds, hearts and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Back to your comments about these Milton Keynes signs. Jane says on Facebook, What I find baffling is the fact that any signage for Woburn Sands has disappeared from the road signs when you're leaving Junction 14 M1. It used to be A5130 Woburn Sands. Lynn says people need to be aware Milton Keynes is a county and this sign should have mentioned it. We need to advertise and be recognised as a county. Shirley on Facebook says I saw these at the weekend. Why? 
Just used to say Buckinghamshire. That was enough. It's not Milton Keynes. Sunita says uh, on on, uh, Twitter, at BBC3CR, these signs don't serve any real purpose. Waste of resources that could be spent elsewhere on roads, e.g. filling potholes. Rod, 13 miles. Expansion of Milton Keynes by stealth. What next? Milton Keynes sign at Buckingham? Mary says, 13 miles? My goodness. That is what you call pushing the boundaries. Although the way building is going on, they'll soon be true. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. We've not had a look at the newspapers yet today. I do apologise. We haven't got the Daily Mirror, by the way. Which is a shame. It's got a brilliant front page. You know George Osborne? The guy that cut all those um, benefits for um, disabled people and stuff like that. Yeah, great picture of him with his massive 4 by 4 parked in a disabled bay. Well done, George. Well done, George. Another kick in the teeth. The Daily Telegraph. There's um, a princess holding a, a basketball. Osborne, why should state fund people like Philpot? George Osborne suggested last night that the conviction of Mick Philpot, who killed six of his own children, raised fundamental questions about the welfare system. Yeah, as my friend pointed out, that Mick Philpot also wore shoes. Does that bring into question the state of people who wear shoes? Ridiculous. Ridiculous to link Mick Philpot and the horrendous crime he, he perpetrated with others on the, the, the welfare system. And that's going to do you no favours, George. You've made a bit of a mistake there, I think. Um, UK shivers on coldest April day for 20 years. It was flipping cold yesterday, wasn't it? The Guardian. Three bankers who brought down HBOS. Banks so poorly run, it would have gone bust even without 2008 crash. Uh, and there's a picture of uh, a Korean with some binoculars. Not worrying in the slightest, is it? Forget me not, Britain seeks opt-out on internet privacy. Britain is attempting to opt-out of a European initiative enabling anyone to delete their personal details from online service providers, a power, no- power known as the right to be forgotten. Hang on a second... The clash between Brussels and the Ministry of Justice has erupted in the final stages of negotiations over the EU's General Data Protection Regulation. Well, I don't quite know what that means. I'm I'm, I'm shocked. I don't quite know what it means. Uh, The Independent. Worse than Fred Goodwin. The withering verdict on the bank bosses who presided over the £40 billion collapse of HBOS. The former bosses of HBOS will today be savagely criticised for colossal and catastrophic failures that led the bank to rack up losses proportionately twice the size of those made by the Royal Bank of Scotland. Their name? Sir James Crosby, Andy Hornby and Lord Stevenson. Three men are told to apologise for their incompetence with the recommendation they should never work in the city again. Youch. The Times, there's a picture of a princess holding a basketball again. Osborne in storm over killer's benefits. Chancellor links Philpot case to welfare, re- welfare reform. George Osborne unleashed a, fur- unleashed a furious row over welfare yesterday by asking whether state handouts to child killer Mick Philpot had contributed to his chaotic lifestyle. In a signal that welfare will be a key dividing line at the next election, the Chancellor said it was right to ask what role benefits played in the tragedy. Really? The intervention was described by Ed Balls, the Shadow Chancellor, as the cynical act of a desperate Chancellor. He said Mr Osborne was being divisive and nasty. We'll try and look at the rest of the papers before the end of the show if we can. Back to this story uh, about the Milton Keynes signs. £16,000, some of them... 13 miles away from the town centre. Well, former Lib Dem councillor of uh, Milton Keynes, Mike Galloway is on the line now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Ian. Well, what do you think about these signs? £16,000, some of them 13 miles away from the town centre. 
Well, it's, it's away from the town centre, but it's right on the boundary of Milton Keynes. And if anything, it's too, it's rather late to be having the signs. We should have had such signs uh, long ago. It was 1997 that Milton Keynes County came into existence. Um, but they don't say the county, do they? They say Milton Keynes, and I think that that's no, where the no, confusion no. lies. Well, it's the same as Bedford, Bedford Borough um, is still Bedford Borough. No, the... the the, Milton Keynes is a county, but it is not the county of Milton Keynes. So its name is Milton Keynes, and if anything, it would be more silly to be saying county of Milton Keynes. You, you don't uh, have to sign the same county of Bedfordshire. Uh, times of, of, of great austerity, Mike, 16 yeah. grand on some signs that have got... The, the logo looks like it was designed in the 1990s. Is it really the best way to be spending money? Um, I, I've got mixed feelings about that logo, but it is one that is now being used quite widely, very well being used. I mean, Destination MK, I'm sure, would give you a view on it that is being well used to promote Milton Keynes. And I was going to say, in terms of away from the town centre, um, then actually there is a lot around Milton Keynes, uh, which is the wider area, not just the town centre. You have wonderful market towns. Um, from Warburton Sands in the south over to Stony Stratford, Wolverton, Newport Pagnell, um, that are all part of the greater, for clarity, Milton Keynes, that we should be proud of. Oh, and, and no one's saying that for a second. In fact, I think, uh, au contraire, the gentleman that got in touch with us is worried that, that uh, Norman is worried that places like Turvey will be losing some of their identity because of signs like this. Well, Tur- Turvey, I- I'm assuming it's on the turvey Lavenden boundary, uh, because Turvey is in Bedfordshire, not, not Milton Keynes, um, as far as I'm aware, at least. Um, so uh, the-, the question would be, what would you put up? Because what was there in the past um, was uh, Welcome to Buckinghamshire, which is clearly totally inappropriate. Mike, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for getting okay. in touch on Good Twitter day. and thanks for coming on the show. Mike Galloway, former Lib Dem councillor. He thinks the signs are great and they should have been put up years ago. 15 years ago. What do you think? 08459 455 555. The power of Twitter, you see. He tweeted us at BBC3CR or at Ian Lee. Right, 829. Here's the travel news now. Brooke Burfitt. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's not looking too bad for rush hour traffic across the three counties. It's quite heavy in North Watford on the A41 Northwestern Avenue. That's looking busy at the Dome Roundabout, particularly on the northbound stretch. There's a usual pocket of congestion of traffic um, in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road at the roundabout for the M25. And the A1 Great North Road, that's slow at the Black Pat Cat Roundabout towards Sandy. Now, with the trains, there are 20-minute delays on East Coast services between Peterborough to King's Cross and 25-minute delays on First Capital between Letchworth Garden City into King's Cross is all because of signalling problems. Brooke Burford, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thanks very much. 8.30, time for the news and sport now. Here's Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A man still wants answers three years after he discovered a mysterious three-inch deep wound in his lower back whilst at Bedford Hospital. £16,000 has been spent on signs welcoming drivers to Milton Keynes, but local people say they're misleading after being placed 13 miles away from the new city centre. 
Many people in Luton say they see their family less as they can't afford the travelling costs due to the rising price of fuel. And scientists in Japan have found a way to read dreams. Researchers used MRI scans to note different patterns of brain activity as people slept. That's the news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gareth Bale set to have a scan today on the ankle injury he suffered in Tottenham's 2 old draw with FC Basel in the first leg of their Europa League quarter-final last night. Meanwhile, in that same competition, Chelsea have put themselves in a good position to reach the last four. They beat Ruben Kazan 3-1. Newcastle, though, are facing elimination after they lost by the same scoreline, 3-1 at Benfica. Looking ahead to tomorrow's football locally then, and Watford are set to be without centre-half Fitz Hall for the 5.20 kick-off at home to Championship leaders Cardiff. He was injured in Tuesday's win at Hull, Sir Lloyd Doyle is set to deputise. In League One, meanwhile, MK Dons host Crawley. After Easter wins over Hartlepool and Brentford, manager Carl Robinson still aiming for the playoffs. It's made the unbelievable a little bit more believable in the fans. Um, we still believe in ourselves immensely. We think we're a very talented group of people. And we, we know where we're, we're at this year. And these two victories have put us right in the mix and it's, it's going to be interesting. Let's stay with League One then and Stevenage go to Portsmouth, whereas in League Two, Wickham make the short trip up the M40 to Oxford, but conversely in the conference, Luton have a long drive to Carlisle, where they'll face Gateshead. But manager John Stills checking on players elsewhere, so assistant Terry Harris is in charge instead. Enjoying my rugby at the minute. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a pleasure to be playing when there's, when there's big games after big games and, you know, as I said, there's no bigger than this weekend. That's England fly half Owen Farrell there. He'll return for the 6.30 kick-off as Saracens name their side today for tomorrow's Heineken Cup quarter-final against Ulster at Twickenham. And also tomorrow Bedford host Lenneith Lee in the quarter-finals of the British and Irish Cup. Tonight Wasps host Irish side Leinster at Wickham's Adams Park. That's in the last eight of the European Challenge Cup. Finally, Sprinter Sacra is among the favourites in the five. Strong field for the Melling Chase on Ladies' Day at the Grand National Race Meeting. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at Nine. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text charged at the standard network rate. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up in the last 30 minutes of the show, imagine... Um, oh, no, hang on, I've got, I'm completely in the wrong place. Look at me, I'm all over the shop this morning. I know. Four court sales, this is better, of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. What effect is the high cost of fuel having on you? Maybe, like me, you're driving more slowly or you're using public transport more. Our petrol correspondent, Justin Dealey, has been finding out. We'll speak to him shortly. And it's Friday. Every Friday, we'll have to get a little bit of live music in. Today, we're joined by the Zipheads. They're a rockabilly country band. They've been warming up for the last 20 minutes. We'll be speaking to them very, very shortly. Now, if you're anything like me, you've probably been a little bit more conscious of how much petrol you're using. Maybe you're driving more slowly or using public transport. Four court sales of petrol in the UK have fallen by a quarter in the past five years. The AA puts the reduction down to a greater use of smaller vehicles and diesel cars. Well, Hertfordshire-based oil industry analyst Malcolm Bracken joins me now. Good morning, Malcolm. Good morning. What's your reaction to the fact that sales of petrol are down at the forecourt? Well, I mean, it's exactly what high fuel prices are supposed to do. Um, there's two ways governments can reduce uh, fuel consumption. They can either uh, legislate, as the Americans have done, uh, fuel consumption, or you can slap a tax on fuel and let the market do it. And what this shows is very simply the market is vastly more efficient at reducing fuel. You know, in, in, in the early 80s, you might have got 13, 14, 15 miles to the gallon out of a car. You now get 
um, well, I, I get 50 out of mine on a, on a, on a steady motorway cruise. So um, it, that, that is the market working. The incentive is for uh, car manufacturers to produce more efficient cars. But if the if the government reduced, we we heard a gentleman on earlier on who said if the government reduced um, their, their tax on petrol, more would be sold and they'd make more money. Wouldn't they want to do that? Um, no, because the other benefit of high fuel prices is, is lower congestion. If all those people suddenly started driving uh, again, the roads would become even more clogged than they are. It's already, you know, if if let's say the Blackwall Tunnel goes down, the whole of South East England snarls up. Mm. Um, it, it, there simply isn't room in much of the country for more vehicles to take more journeys. So are you saying the government wants us to drive less? Yes. That's the first time I've heard that, Malcolm. They, well, they, obviously moving about by car is, uh, and vehicle is, an, is a vital part of the economy. Um, what's important is that that is used most efficiently, and that means a pricing mechanism means that the, it is used by those that value it most, and people that can substitute, I mean, I, for example, cycle to work. Um, oh those, those that can, those that can uh, um, substitute their journeys do so. Um, and, and the, uh, you know, so we've got to substitute public transport, rail journeys, um, uh, London's uh, increasing cycling because uh, there simply isn't room for everyone less to use the car, but more to park. Mm-hmm. So does this mean, Malcolm, that, that, that fuel prices will probably never come down, significantly anyway? Yeah, 60% of the price, uh, around 60% of the price of fuel is tax. Um, so even if, even if fuel prices, even if oil, global oil prices fall appreciably, then the price at the pump is not likely to come down as fast. And of course, the other thing is that the price of oil is not uh, a perfect indicator of the price of petrol. Um, we still haven't started getting uh, big supplies from Libya, and Libya's oil is particularly light and sweet and therefore um, has a lot of the petrol uh, elements within it, whereas uh, heavier, um, more sulfur-laden fuel require more uh, energy to get to turn them into petrol as opposed to plastics or whatever else you want to make out of fuel. Malcolm, thank you very much for your time. I'm looking forward to getting some of that sweet, light Libyan oil. That sounds wonderful. Malcolm Bracken, Hertfordshire-based oil industry analyst. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, joins us now. Justin, that's the first time I've heard that put forward, that the government wants us to drive less. Mm, I know. But mind you, in saying that, if you look at the M1, the M25 every morning, clearly not having an effect because people, of course, they need their cars like you and I in when we go to work. Public transport simply isn't there at that time for us, so we have to, to use our cars. No Malcolm seems to be suggesting that if petrol were cheaper, even that those roads would be even busier. That mm. would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be a nightmare. I mean, stop it at the moment. I can't ima- so I'm gonna, I, sorry, I can't imagine you ever getting on a bus. Have you ever been on a bus? Yes, I have been on a bus. When? It's, um, um, probably about <laughs> seven years ago. Yeah, I just can't yeah. imagine. You. I, I like the bus, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the bus, and whenever I can, I do. But I just can't imagine you getting on in London with your Oyster card or <sighs> getting your change. How much it Can I have a return to, to Milton Keynes, please, mister? How much is that? I mean, you, I just can't... You, you're I, I tell you why. I tell you why. Because if you get into your car and you get stuck in traffic, you're still in control of your own destiny to a certain degree, aren't you? If you go to a bus station, it's freezing cold in the morning, yep, yep. and you're not quite sure if that bus is going to turn.
turn up on time or not. And also, you might get a weird person sitting next to you. Quite possibly. Although I think you could be that <laughs> weird person. Yes. So where have you been, Justin, this well, morning? I'm in Stopsley. Um, yes. The fuel price is clearly having a massive effect on the people that I've been speaking to. In the first and second hour, we heard from people who, who now don't see their family as much, and also somebody who's given up their car as well. I've been gathering some more thoughts in the last 15 minutes or so, and this is what happened. Well, James, you just filled up your car here. How much did it cost you to fill up your car? What? I didn't... I haven't filled the car up. I've just put enough to carry me over the next two or three days. Is that because you can't afford to fill it up? That's right, yeah. Okay. So how close are you to to giving up your car now? Probably going to have to relinquish it in the next couple of months, probably. It's that bad? Yeah, simply because, um, as I say, not only the petrol, but then, of course, the cost of running it as well. It's difficult to do it on on pension, so... (laughs) Linda, the price of petrol is affecting you greatly. Can you tell us why? Because I've had a stroke, I'm now disabled, and I can't get around without the use of a vehicle. And the price of filling up my car is affecting the way I shop and my ability to be able to go out and see friends and do things. So again, you're saying what a lot of people are saying to me this morning, you can't see your friends and family as much now simply because of the price of petrol. Definitely. That is correct. And how obsessing is that for you? It's distressing, not only upsetting, it's distressing to not be able to reach people that I need at any time. What's got to happen next? They have got to reduce the tax on petrol and stop putting the means up, especially for the disabled people that rely on their cars. OK, just lastly, I'm not putting words into your mouth here, but, but would you say that the price of petrol and how that's affecting you is is making you depressed? Definitely, because I don't see my friends as much as I used to because I can't afford to do that anymore. Siobhan, you just filled up your car here. How is the price of petrol affecting your life? Yeah, it's really bad, actually. It's gone up a huge amount. (laughs) Nothing you can do about it, though? No, there isn't nothing Mm. you can do about it, no. I mean, are you now thinking to yourself, I'm not going to go and see my friends and family because I've got to make these journeys essential, and that's not an essential journey? That's right, yeah. um, I've got a friend up in (laughs) north, and she's asked us to come up for the the weekend, but it's going to cost you £60 even to get up there and see her, so we're not going. (laughs) So your life has become quite dull because of the price of petrol? That's right, yeah. Now, Justin, uh, I, I'm not putting words into your mouth, but, yes, but yes. <laughs> you found some of those stories quite powerful, didn't you? I did, actually. I mean, I, we, we often talk about petrol on the programme because it, it affects so many people. Normally, we talk to the commuters and we say to them, uh, just how much how much longer can you carry on paying these prices for? They say, I've got no option whatsoever. No matter what the prices are, I need my car to get to work at least five days a week. This morning, we're taking a, a different angle slightly, talking to people about their friends and family mm. and it's really really sad you heard that woman there she, she's depressed she wants to go and see these people but sadly like many people she's not a one-off she simply cannot afford to fill up her car so she can't see the people that that she really cares about in her life good stuff justin thank you very much for that some uh, there's some really interesting stories there justin daly uh, talking about petrol you can give us a call on that 08459 455 555 honestly i drive a lot slower now partly because i got busted and i have my speed awareness this afternoon yes i know i, I thought i'd share that with you um but partly i do use the car every day and it, it does cost a lot to fill up if i travel at 60 instead of 70 miles an hour i save a significant amount of money each month couldn't quantify because I've just got a new car. But I was, I was saving quite a bit of money each month. Leave a little bit earlier. 60 miles an hour. Got some, got some good tunes in there. Got some new Mama Cass CDs. Having a time of my life. Saves a fortune. 
Saves a fortune. 08459 455 555. What do you think about the price? The price of petrol. I bet there's nobody out there that's going, well, to be honest, I think it's a, it's a perfectly reasonable price. Oh, it's fine. No, I'm more than happy to pay that. I, I bet there will be. Who's that green gentleman we get on from time to time who wants everyone to stop driving? Do you remember him? Wants everyone to stop driving. Thinks, thinks it should go up even more. Yeah, OK. The Daily Express. Uh, outrage at new drought alert. Water firms say cutback despite our wettest year. Sorry. A warning to millions of customers to watch how much water they use this summer provoked scorn last night after the worst floods for decades. With many areas still recovering from last year's record rainfall, water firms called for wise usage to prevent restrictions. The warning sparked outrage with campaigners branding the comments weird and insensitive just months after England's wettest summer on record. And there's a picture of the Queen um, getting uh, a BAFTA from Kenneth Branagh for Best Ever Bond Girl. <laughs> I don't think so. That was the one that came out in the bikini in the water and not Halle Berry. The Daily Mail. Uh, Osborne enters Philpot storm as shameless Mick is jail for life. Labour attacks Chancellor for saying Britain needs a debate on welfare. The bitter welfare war between Labour and the Tories escalated last night after George Osborne linked the Mick Philpot case to the shake-up of the benefit system. The Chancellor was accused of demeaning his office simply for pointing out that the appalling case strengthened the need for welfare reform. In an extraordinary reaction from Labour, the Chancellor was described as a disgrace for making his comments on the day that father of 17 Philpot, his wife Maraid and accomplice Paul Mosley were jailed for burning the couple's six children to death. Mr Osborne made his comments during a visit to the Philpot's home city of Derby, where he was asked if the couple were a product of the benefit system. Uh, and the son... Die, Mick, die. Sister's furious, Philpot gets life. Sister of killer dad, Mick Philpot, yelled, die, Mick, die, uh, as he was jailed for life yesterday. Uh, and they've got um, a free £10 bet for you at the Grand National. I'll be honest, we were gonna, it was flagged up that maybe we could do something, do something fun on the Grand National today. I'll be honest, and I know some of you will hate me for this. I can't stand the Grand National. I think it's awful. I think it's awful. Hey, how many horses are going to be killed this week for your entertainment? I do think it's terribly old-fashioned that we uh, can sit at home on a Saturday afternoon and watch a load of horses dying. It was only two last year. Oh, that's all right. There was only two last year. For our pleasure and our financial gain. I think it's awful. And I know a lot of you enjoy it, and that's fine. I'm not going to judge you for that. Um, I just think it's a terrible, terrible thing. Horse racing, if you're into horse racing, you know, go ahead and do that. But the Grand National, no, don't think it's any good at all. Right, 8.45. Here's the travel news now. Brooke Burford. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the roads are moving particularly well for a rush hour. The delays on North Orbital Road in Bricketwood, they've eased up. It's quite slow in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road towards Sandy at the Black Cat Roundabout, but not too bad. I can't spot any other delays on my speed sensors. With the trains, though, there are 20-minute delays on First Capital Connect trains between Letchworth Garden City into King's Cross, and that's also affecting East Coast services as well. Brooke Burford, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much. Right, 8.46. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on Friday the 5th of April. A man is looking for an explanation after ending up with a mysterious three-inch deep wound in his lower back whilst at Bedford Hospital. Many people in Luton say the rising price of fuel means they see their families less because they simply can't afford the travelling costs. 
And in sport, Gareth Bale is set to have a scan today after he injured his ankle in Tottenham's two-all draw with FC Basel last night. Coming up, it's Friday. Music. Before 8.45, I'll be joined by the Zipheads, Rockabilly Country Band. But before that, here's a Rockabilly Country weather girl, Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. I'm not sure that's a compliment. No, I'm not sure what it means. It was a compliment, but it doesn't really mean Mm. anything. So we'll we'll ignore it. It's better than homely, though, isn't it? Yes, I think it's better than homely. Okay. I'll write it down. Thank, yes. Thanks very much. Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> anyway, so we've got a bit of cloud around, but actually it's brightening up quite nicely across Buckinghamshire, for example. Um, some good spells of sunshine, brightness and sunshine, really, for the rest of the day, hopefully. Um, elsewhere, it is a bit cloudy, but that cloud should gradually fade away through the uh, through the rest of the morning into the afternoon, leaving us with some good spells of brightness and sunshine. I tell you what, though, it's all feeling very chilly still because of that northeasterly breeze, and that will be with us for the rest of the day today. Temperatures where we get the brightness and the sunshine will get up to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius and that's 46 in Fahrenheit but of course with the wind chill then it will feel a bit colder than that. Now for this evening for overnight expect to see a very cold one. At last that wind's going to drop away and uh, I can't see anyone feeling too sorry about that really. Now, there will be a widespread frost into tomorrow morning. Temperatures down to minus 2 or minus 3 degrees Celsius into tomorrow. So yeah, bit of a nippy start to the weekend but it should be a quiet a decent weekend. We'll see some good spells of sunshine around particularly through the mornings on Saturday and Sunday a bit more in the way of cloud I think through the afternoon just popping up here and there but all in all it's not going to feel too bad and that's mostly because we'll have lost that northeasterly wind um, so at last feeling a little bit more like spring over the weekend unfortunately we will have to wait a little bit longer for the milder air to dig in probably not until the end of the week actually um, and until then it could be quite wet and windy for the start of next week but we'll worry about that when it happens and do enjoy the sunshine that's the forecast thank you very much elizabeth every weekday morning from nine the jvs show with the biggest questions today on the big phone in i'm asking would you support some dog breeds being removed from this country should traffic wardens be more lenient would the government be right to drop the minimum price for alcohol and the biggest opinions i think the tax is completely unfair it doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are they're still your children it doesn't matter whether it's male or female or what i'm disgusted with the people that you should have cut them people off. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, dear listener. This is Inley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, on Fridays, we like to just try and end the week, especially a week like this. It's been very miserable with the weather and some of the news. We like to try and lift you up a little bit with a little bit of music. We've had some cracking stuff in the past. We've had a bit of folk. We've had uh, a harp. We've had... Um, uh, we had Oh, we had those uh, people coming in and doing some rapping, didn't we? They were fun. We've had bagpipes. Everything you could think of well this week file under rockabilly country oh yes please it's the zip heads and they're gonna play a little song for us now zip heads take it away please This is what he said Well, his body's in the present But his mind's in the past Got a lot of rocking And he's built to last World strong And world fast He's a retro kid It's a blast from the past yeah.
trends, you know they come and go I've got nothing on rock and roll Because my body's in the present, but my mind's in the past Got a lot of rocket and I'm built to last You know I'm with you strong and I'm with you fast, yeah I'm a blast from the past The past. Oh no, you can't catch me. I'm a blast from the past. Well, you can't catch me. I'm a blast from the past. you now because you gave me the the warning finger earlier on saying don't come near i didn't give you the finger no, not the not the finger but the warning finger i'm, I'm I, look, you've got a gretch i'm coming towards the man with the gretch oh, wow. what's your name man it's ray ray this guitar I, I forget you this guitar is amazing i'm a big fan of gretches well, oh, really? did, did this cost you a, f a few quid uh it didn't well it did um this is like the cheapest kind of gretch you can buy it's called an electromatic starts at about 600 pounds all the other ones start about 1000 pounds so gretches are amazing they're an amazing sound they look fantastic why rockabilly um, because it's really good, isn't it? It like, is really good. Yeah, um, Brilliant. Yeah, well, we uh, we were just kind of... We started out as a punk band, but then we were interested to what the punk bands were listening to, and then we were listening into what those bands were listening to and going back and back and back and back, and it all went all the way back to Rockabilly. There's a prop, you've got a proper stand-up bass over here as well. Why, the, the, how difficult is this to get on the bus? Oh, <laughs> you see it on the tube. <laughs> on the tube, rush hour, yeah. especially if I've got it in the big case as well. It just it works as a kind of battering ram. Did you start off playing one of these, or were you on a, a, a traditional electric kind of bass and then made the move? Yeah, electric bass first, and then um, my bass teacher moved into a camper van and said, I don't have any room for this bass in there, and uh, that's where it started, really. Sat in the corner of my room looking pretty for a while, and then eventually I was like, now let's do this. It's got no frets, man. How do you play it? <laughs> It's easier. There's less chance of going wrong, I really? think. <laughs> you can just make it up and go, oh, there it is. Yeah, um, oh, you can kind of bend your way into it, of course. Exactly. What, how, did you th how did you three get together? Um, well, myself and Ray here are cousins, so we've oh, known each other for see, far yeah. too long. Um, and we've been playing together for years, come from a bit of a musical family. Right. And then... Uh, Our drummer um, was been in the band about two years. He used to play in a band called Kiss My Brass, who were friends of ours. <laughs> And then we got rid of, uh, yeah, I forget that that's a pun, actually. I no one's picked up on it yet, don't worry, yeah, it's fine. Right. Um, so uh, we did have a different drummer, but then uh, he was out, and so we were looking for a new drummer, called up Will. And Z Listen, is there a website? If people want to find out more about Zipheads, where do they go? On the Facebook, just just look, search on Facebook, Zipheads, um, MySpace, Twitter, all of that sort of. You're really stuff. using that, working those social networking yeah, sites. We got time. We got time for one more song. What are you going to play for us? Uh, this one's a track called "Call of the Wild." Where you go, boys?
says the thunderstorm blowing in from the coast Yeah, better watch your back because anything goes tonight Well, there's a rumble in the jungle but the trees are still Back in the city we're dressed to kill You know we hit this town so hard that we'll be out of sight Yeah, will we take a stand out across the land We're gonna run this town with an iron hand You can't resist the dance, you don't stand a chance Through my veins, heartbeats, a rhythm that's just insane. Yeah, I hear that sound, and I never felt so alive. Well, the thunder of the drums calls to my ear. I feel you close, I feel you near. Hear you calling to me through the distant night. Will all my senses go to waste? I wanna see you here, touch you, taste. You can't fight this fight, cause it's my desire. Yeah, I, I'm lost inside your eyes, and I know it's my device. So tender to me, surrender to me now My instincts call for you And I can't hope that it's true Well I can't resist try As a light I just can't fight The call of the wild The call of the wild Yeah, it's so Thank you very much. That was a zip heads. That was good, wasn't it? Hey, if, if, you, if you hadn't woken up 
Before then, you'd have woken up with that. Oh, it's very loud. Very loud. I like that. I did like his Gretsch guitar. I'm a sucker for Gretsch guitars. Go, go and look them up. They're beautiful things. Absolutely beautiful. That was the Zip Heads. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, MySpace, and all those other social networking sites. They really are working, those social networking sites, and good for them uh, for that. Right. Oh, my goodness. Look at the time. I should shut up talking. Let's go get the latest travel now, shall we, with Brooke Burfitt. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Well, in Bishop Stortford, the A120 is partly blocked by an accident at Stansted Road on the roundabout. Police have just informed me that they're on their way and traffic is moving slowly past the scene. There also delays in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road at the roundabout for the M25. That's still a little slow. And in Wealdstone High Road has gas main works at the junction for Rising Home Road. Now, with the trains, I'm pleased to say the delays have cleared on First Capital Connect and East Coast services. That's after earlier problems with signalling. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much as well to everyone who took part in the show today. You may have noticed we've had a couple of stories this week that have been supplied by you. If there's something happening in your area, and it could be big or small, it can be in your house, your street, your town or your county, and you think that we should be covering it on the show, do send me an email, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk, and we'll have a little look at it. You could be on the show next week. Right, that's it. I'm back on Monday. JVS is up next. Until Monday, ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to Friday's JVS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. And on this morning's big phone-in, I'm asking, does the Philpot tragedy make a case for limiting child